rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the... Hello, Governor! The Doppelary podcast contains strong language and adult aims, so listener discretion is advised. Sorted, mate! All you bloody wankers better hold on to your knickers! Lord above, it also contains spoilers for any anime series, so please be warned if there's a show you are yet to finish, isn't it? Especially for Code Realize. Blimey! The opinions expressed are those of the individuals and do not represent Doppelary as a whole. Enough said, yeah? And it's gooseberry pudding nights to get your tom thumb and your bangers and your mash and... Wait, you've got to be kidding me. This anime that takes place in London doesn't have any British or Cockney accents? I watched My Fair Lady like five times trying to prep for this disclaimer. Ugh, Brad Pitt, I really need that box wine now. Enjoy the show! Governor, and welcome to another episode of Dub Talk, the show where a group of phantom thieves get together to discuss the latest English anime dubs and home video releases. My name is Gigi, and I'm taking time out from the shoujo trash of my channel, Anime Palooza, to host the podcast episode that you voted for. Get your box wine out because it's ladies' night by request. You asked for it. We're talking about Code Realize, Guardian of Rebirth. And thank you to everyone who voted in the fall election arc survey. It's because of you. I didn't have to force myself to watch Urahara right now. <laughs> no one is God. in a corner just pressed. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I thought this was Persona 5. This, 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 this isn't... is not the time for video game talk. But, you but never saw actually, it, it is. But this isn't the sh- this isn't the video game about Phantom Thieves. No, no. <laughs> I mean. It is, sort of. Kind of. You're uh, not wrong, yeah. You'll never see it coming, me. Joining me. Oh, God. Joining me on the request line tonight are my three best girls, Stephanie, Megan, and Zenith. And are we ready to start this journey through London, ladies? Oh, Fuck I it. am. I am let's, fucking. Let's go, bitch. I, I am so fucking ready for this. Let's oh. go. This is my first trash anime. This, guys, ah, this is this is my induction is really? into trash. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my god. god, this is her first Otome game adaptation. Holy oh shit. God. Oh my god. This is We're my so first try. <laughs> We're popping. I am having so cherry. much fun today, and I'm loving uh, this. Gigi, before we get too far, could you give us a little <laughs> summary of the show real quick? I can. Um, we're going to be going through the press release for the Funimation dub of Code Realize, giving our predictions and first impressions about the main cast of lovable characters. But for those of you who have yet to watch the anime, here's your little synopsis. Code Realize is based on an Otome game, aka the one where your main goal is to pick your boyfriend, brought to you by the same company that produced such shoujo trash staples as Amnesia, Brothers Conflict, and my personal favorite, say it with me, Diabolic Diabolic Lovers. So the greatest trash group of all time, ladies and gentlemen. But Radical Murder isn't in that group, so it's technically not the greatest trash group of all time. I don't care. It works. But (laughs) there's no girls in Dramatical Murder, so 
Uh, this anime has a steampunk aesthetic and features a group of characters inspired by both literary and historical figures, so everyone can pick a best boy. <laughs> Our possibly worthless female protagonist, Cardia, has been trapped in a mansion for most of her life, where people call her a monster for her poison skin. Yes, if she touches anyone or anything, they will legitimately melt away. Just go with it. Question, how does, royal- how does she use the bathroom? They're going to have some. Oh, God. Her pee is going to burn. They have the cardio-proof toilet. I mean, they have the... Oh, my God. If she gives them a hand job, they're going to have no more dick. (laughs) She can wear gloves. There's gloves. God, just go with it. No, just just cardio-proof the toilet, and we're good. They are cardio-proofed everything else. It's her saliva aesthetic, acidic, because then she'll never have to give... Oh, God. Why are we talking about the implications? far? Stop ruining my fantasy. Yeah, like it. When, but when the royal guards of England break into the mansion to kidnap her, she is instead kidnapped, I mean rescued, by master thief Arsene Lupin, who takes her back to his mansion with a group of guys who want to bang her, I mean help her. And, and thus the Stockholm up. Syndrome begins. Will Cardia find out why she can't even hold hands within the span of 13 episodes because she'll turn her future boyfriend into a skeleton? And more importantly, whose heart will she choose to melt first? Wah, Literally wah, or wah. figuratively? <laughs> yes. Both. <laughs> yes. I mean, if the show has any indication, I think we know where this is going. Because oh the show it's, always it's, picks one best boy for the girl to fall in love with. Always. It's, I it's love one Persona best boy 5. or no one. The best one way to describe no this show is Oran High School, only if you took the parody and just went even further. This and is just, not Oran High School in the slightest. No. That's a terrible comparison. Just an entire, entire harem of people all after one girl. No, 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 no. But that's every Otome game ever. This okay. is the normal. Okay, guys, Zen, I need you to look me I need you to I need you to look at me even though we're on computers and we can't <laughs> actually see each other. See, Oran High School host club gives Haruhi this thing we call agency. Exactly. But th- th- that that's what I'm saying. This, there is par- no such thing this, as agency in Otome games. This is a parody of a parody is what I'm saying. It's not a parody. We have to go deeper. No, it's not. No, this is the unintentional comedy here. This is the unintentional comedy. Let's face it. As as the person who sadly and fabulously knows the most about this shit, I will uh, I'll help you out as we go through. But let's just let's just get on that London train, London Bridge. We got to go before it falls down. Um It's broken we're down. We're going to do predictions yeah, which I haven't done in a long ass time. Oh fuck! So, I have to open start. that document. I I just pulled up. Oh, well, you, you better hurry. I'm like, oh Whoops. wait, we're doing that tonight. <laughs> Whoops! Forgot that. I think part. I forgot if we established that today or not. Whoops. Um, well, let's. I, <laughs> Let me I get mean, that. it doesn't have anything. <laughs> uh, well, I I kind of I figured out who a lot of people were by actually listening. Because uh, I I made a, the Oron comparison because similar voice actors in. Couple but I bet there's a few instances. that you would not get. The, there was a few that I would not get because there's one that I, voice acting Black Magic, and we'll get to that. If you're talking about yeah, I'm gonna say the answer is no. No, no, we're not talking about that. Ooh. Shut the fuck up. Okay, well let's let's talk about the director and the writer. Um, does anyone have any predictions besides me? I yes. do. 
All right, so you guys can go first, and I will follow along. I, and I have a feeling that some of ours are gonna be the same. Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go first then. Uh, so I'll start with my writers. Uh, my writers were predictions were Aaron Dismuke and Emily Neves. Ooh, okay. Because oh. Aaron Dismuke, um, he writes really. He ends up in really weird places. I mean, um, you're not wrong. I'm trying to make that not sound really weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I fucked up. <laughs> we fucked up, guys. Yes. Seven fucked minutes up. in, Megan's already fucked. Uh, Jealous. Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing, Lana. <laughs> uh, but no, my other prediction was Emily Neves because Emily Neves can write really interesting stuff. Um, when she's not causing Zenith to want to cause a hamster-based murder fest, um, we'll try to not remember the certain you, the certain you, Chan. Uh, but she also wrote Hyoka, which had a lot of weird wordplay and stuff. Um, my director choices, I had two. Uh, one was Tabitha Ray. Ooh, because okay. I was like, okay, Tabitha Ray did a really good job with Suridere Children, and she's a newer director. And let's see if she can do that. And then, of course, uh, it's Otome Trash Time. So who better than to direct Otome Trash Time than the Otome Trash Queen, Tia Ballard? Yay! Same. Same. (laughs) I'll start my writers, too. Your writers are very interesting, Megan. This is what I put down for writers. Um, Because when I was watching the um, Japanese for Code Realize, I figured it'd be something a bit more straightforward, but also lean toward the dramatics. So, one of my writers is actually Jessica Kavanaugh, who she was one of the many writers on the Gosick team. And I thought that was pretty well done. And she was also on um, Rampokiton as well uh, when we were talking about that way back then. And then I actually also put Kristen McGuire in here. Partially because she's written some very good scripts like Sugigaki. She was a writer for Sugigaki, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 That, let's not, also, let's mm-hmm. not remind me of how dumb I was about that. <laughs> and then she also did the script for like Interviews with Monster Girls. But I also feel like at the same time. She would be a good fit as a director as well. So Krista was also one of my picks. Both because my, my director and writer predictions, I basically went with newer, much more fresh faces. And Kristen was one of them, but I also thought Kristen would be able to handle that material very well. And then also, like Megan, because this is Otome Trash, because this is a show that is more geared toward a female demographic... And we've seen this work successfully, at least with two shows in the past year. Those being Kiss Him, Not Me, and Royal Tutor. I also had Tia Ballard as the my main director choice for the show. Yay! Can I say something about Kristen, uh, Kristen McGuire really quick? What? Uh, she has an impeccable sense for writing stuff that is very touchy and may not translate yeah. over well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a really good example of this... She wrote episode four of uh, the season of Love, Life, Sunshine called, um, I think it's called Don't Call Me Daya. Don't Call Me Daya-san in the Japanese, which was an an episode that was incredibly based around just honorifics about how the girls would only call her San, but she would give uh, the other two third years Chan and like different stuff that is like meant to be more like friendly in Japanese. The way that she translated it into English is 
fl- almost flawless. Wow. Okay. Um, so she is, and I would say, like, for a show like this, definitely where it's, like, you don't, it's, like, old-timey England and stuff, it could have gone really south really fast. So yeah. I was going to say she would have been a good choice to have. All right. Well, like like Steph and Megan, um, Tia Ballard was also my number one director pick because she is the shoujo trash bishi show Funimation queen. There really was no other choice for me. Um, and I also put her as writer because she did that for Royal Tudor. And I was like, get you a girl who can do both. Um, but we're all wrong. And the more I think about it, the more that I'm kind of sad and but not surprised that we were all wrong. So the director for this Otome Trash Fest is uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jerry Jewell. Yay! So, so we we have the rail tracer is the one in charge of the of the show <laughs> with the, the train heist. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's, the, it's the, come train, full the train heist. That, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> world's You're most right. infuriating train heist. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. It's so fitting. It is so fitting. We'll talk about it when we get to that character. You go along with him being director. Afia Yu is also assistant director. Yay! Um, Which is awesome. And our writer is our our good Bishi Trash, Shoujo Trash friend, Samuel Woolley, (laughs) which I should have known, and I'm kicking myself. (laughs) You're right! All right, so our, our best friend, Jerry Jewell, he has directed such English dubs as Kamisama Kiss, Free Eternal Summer, Orange, and my personal favorite, First Love Monster. Boo, First Love Monster. Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Afia has directed such things as Psyche K and parts of Assassination Classroom. And our, our wonderful writer friend, Mr. Samuel Woolley, has written The Royal Tutor. Parts of it. Free Eternal Summer. Parts of it. And Brothers Conflict. Yay. Isn't I think he's also what the it writer, do. I think he's also the um the writer for Shomin Sable, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. That's not something uh, we I he might is, be. Is that something we should so, really, really talk about? Well, no. in the context of this show, I think it needs no. to be brought up. Okay. Yeah, in the context, in the context of, this. of this Okay. Why? I'm, what? I don't. I've never seen Showmean Sample, so I have no idea. Good. Yeah, I don't have seen Showmean Sample. I, I I don't hate myself enough to watch Showmean Sample. I watched like a few episodes right? for the episode, and that was it. I'm sorry. As a first time directing gig for Aaron Dismuke, that's a terrible show to be on. <laughs> I mean, it oh could be worse. And they, Dave Trosco's second show was fucking Seven Mortal Sins. Yeah, but I mean, uh, well, I mean, Aaron, Aaron needs to something be- to start his career. I mean, yeah. he needs to he needs to be like you know, Big Brother. Give me something to oh my to direct. <laughs> just well, and then you just fair, just everybody please imagine me. Alphonse like huddled over in like a booth trying to ADR <laughs> direct some like shitty ass fucking farm harem bullshit. Oh my! And then God. on the other Thank side of the booth, Dallas Reach is like, why the fuck is there a talking suit of armor in here? <laughs> well, unfortunately, Big for Brother, me, why us, am I doing such a, a horrible show? Stop it. <laughs> anyway, Aaron Dismuke has nothing to do with this show. No, so, he um, not yet, anyway. I kind, <laughs> I kind of want to say something before everybody else does about the directing and the writing on Code Realize. Yeah, um, go ahead. As in this show, 
is not what I thought it was going to be at all. I mean, we're, we're joking about we're having shoujo trash otome trash time. But the way that it was in the Japanese and the way that it's continued to be in the English dub is they're playing it straight, which I was not expecting at all. Code Realize is otome trash garbage, and this is more like an adventure anime than anything else. Like, they're playing it really straight. Like, I don't feel the trash moments in it at all. Like, maybe there's four so far. And then I've watched up to episode eight, so that's really sad. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I feel that they're playing it straight. So uh, for directing, you know, is this going to be an Otome or a straight dub? It, there's not enough camp in it to be the trash that I was hoping it was going to be. But it can be passable as a straight dub. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> that means the dub is... I mean, the direction, it's it's got to be kind of boring because you can't really put the camp to all its camp potential if you're going to play a trash anime straight. And But it's not the English fault in that. It's the way that the Japanese chose to produce it. They're producing it more like an anime for everyone as opposed to something like Brothers Conflict or Dia Lovers, which is an anime specifically aimed at me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and as for the writing, I mean, there's, it's like the Brothers Conflict writing. It, it's nothing really special about it. It's very, very true to the subtitles. Um, it's like most of Samuel Woolley's work, honestly. Um, but I will say that in episode two, there is a Black Butler reference. Oh, yeah. Spoiler. Wait, wait, wait. wait. God bless Hold you, up. because I checked. That was not in the Japanese. Hold up. Where so was good that? on you. Um, Lupin and Cardia are talking in front of the casino and Cardia says something like, I want to be able to touch you. And he goes, that's one hell of a pickup line. And I was like, (laughs) by the way, there's just like a, there's not just like a solid, there's just like a solid chunk of like audio. (laughs) <laughs> Where I just like the oh. gonna turn the volume down. No, no, no. Considering who voices Lupin, that is the best thing ever. <laughs> I didn't yes. even realize yes. that. So you if I can, um, if I can, then interject as somebody who did not watch the sub because she was fucking busy watching other uh, things taking place in London with magic and shit. Agent Magusberg. Magusberg's so fucking good. Fucking watch it. <coughs> god, I got into the smokes. Um, god, we, we're we coming down with something now, huh? Oh god, I'm coming down with the case of the Magus Brides. Um, <laughs> coming down with the case of the Bone Daddies. <laughs> As somebody who did not watch the show, this show is fucking hysterical. Um, oh my god. As somebody who did not watch the show, I had points where I was legitimately laughing my ass off to this show. But no, as somebody who didn't watch the subs, but is up to episode six of the dub, there are points that are legitimately hysterical in this dub. And that I think Jerry did a really good job getting the performances out. While the show itself may not be campy, I think the cast thinks it's campy. So they- I don't don't agree with you at all. I get that feeling I, that because I enjoy myself watching it. Like I smile while I watch this show because it's silly and it's fun. And I enjoy the dub a lot to this show. And I was like, 
this is the best unintentional comedy anime I've watched this year. Um, I will agree that I did see feel a lot of the writing was similar in Brothers Conflict at points, but I think the performances that they got out were a lot different because I believe a lot of no only two of these people were no three. Three of them were fuck four. Fuck, God damn it! Brothers Conflict was a while ago. Every person who's in Brothers Conflict, I wrote down. Okay, don't worry. Um, but I I did find some of the casting choices a little bit weird. Um, especially for a Jerry Jewel dub, I was not expecting these people to go certain places. Um, but I'm genuinely I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I've I, I've enjoyed this and the directing and writing. I was actually kind of surprised because I was going into it thinking that this was going to be the campiest thing in the world. Um, and I do find myself laughing at a lot of the events, but I think what works is because it's played straight for me. Um, I think this is really, really well directed. I, I think a lot of the cast put in some great performances. Um, I only have maybe one minor issue, but... Honestly, overall, this is a much better dub than the show deserves, considering oh, yeah. some of the subject oh, matter. Oh, but, oh hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Don't bust on my top tier Otome trash dub. You know how long I've waited for this shit? <laughs> but w- with that being said, I think that's what makes it work, because you have some really great performances. You're able to, to stay engaged the entire time, um, and, you know, I, I was able to laugh more at some of the funnier lines, like when, uh, you know, she unbuttons her shirt and, you know, they do all the little innuendos there. I think that was... Because how dare a woman show skin? What a slut. No, no, oh my God. no, no. I, I was, I was talking about the, how dare you, uh, insert that in there. There's a lot of phrasing. Oh, yeah, there is crazy. Um, and and a lot of the stuff in episode four, I was laughing my ass off when the 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 moment like they said, uh, "Oh, sister," I'm like, "Oh God!" Like really, like they, oh, they just just oh, dropping this out of nowhere. Him, I'm going to have so much. Uh, you know, the my favorite was Van, and he was like, "Oh, that was a good body blow," and I was like, "Fuck." Me. Uh, oh, and, and and the the funniest thing for me was um. Of Van Helsing is introduced, and and when and when uh, they say, "Oh, he he knows martial arts, and he's gonna teach you everything about martial arts," I'm like, "Wait, so so he knows everything there is to know, and he's a, fa- but what?" <laughs> yeah, it makes mm. him, he make, it makes him more appealing towards your 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 me. Towards me. Towards Gigi specifically. I'm trying to phrase it in a way that's not going to make me sound like a disgusting sexual pervert. (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) All of these boys are meant to cater to make it the Pacific fucking ocean in your drawers. Now, now, some of them, yes, some of them, and we will get to to which ones make my uh, panties drop, but... Because um, it is that kind of show. Uh, but, but... I mean, I mean, I mean, weirder shit has made people's panty drops on this podcast. I you, mean, you're Yoko not put, wrong. Yoko put the Pacific <laughs> Ocean in lilac's panties. I'm going to murder you. We're not talking about Yoko right <laughs> Am now. I wrong? But, Am I wrong, though, Lila? No, you are completely wrong. We've been over this. <laughs> but Am I wrong, All right, though? all right. You but anyway, um, 
again, it's just it's the fact that it's played straight. You know, we have this really great voice cast talking to Victor Frankenstein and and fucking Arsene Lupin and Herlock Sholmes. Like that that's what makes me laugh, and I had a lot of fun with it. I think the writing and direction is great. Um, it just it helps make the subject matter all the more fun to me. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad or that I don't like it because I do like it and it's not bad. It's it's really good. I'm just surprised at the way that the Japanese chose to make this anime. Like they could have done it completely differently. Um, and this is what we're getting. So this is what we're going to discuss. Steph, what do you have to say about the writing and the directing? Well, as someone who doesn't have any knowledge of the Otomo game, unlike like you, Gigi... I kind of have to agree with Zenith that I think it actually works really well while playing it straight. But that's only because I don't know anything about the game itself and how it works. But I also didn't really have any moments where I just busted a gut laughing like Zenith and Megan did. It, playing it straight worked really well for the show itself. And with the writing, really, it was um, it was very solid, very true to the Japanese Though there were some odd word choices, because my brain is just like, this is old-timey England, why are they speaking this way? But at the same time, this is, yes. also, this is also an alternate universe, so I can kind of forgive it for that. And then... I pulled a Gosick. <laughs> not, a, not 100%. At least with Gosick, you can more base it purely on historical, rather than this alternate True. universe here. But, um... Steampunk. Exactly. But, on the directing front, I find it an interesting combination that we have Jerry and Afia here. With Jerry, he has directed similar shows of this nature before. Many of the ones you already listed, Gigi, when we were talking about him. So, if it wasn't going to a new director, I'm actually okay with it going to Jerry. Because he at least can understand the subject matter and can do rather well with it. But what's also interesting is having Afia as an assistant here. Because... If we take into consideration, she and um, Micah Solosad, the two of them together have made light novel Otoma games themselves. That's true, they have. And I, I forgot own about them. that. So I own Backstage Pass. I am a horrible fan. Yeah. So having on Afia's end the knowledge of how Otome games usually work and the tropes involved with that, it actually is a good counterbalance to fit in where Jerry may not have that knowledge and experience, even though he's probably worked on similar shows before. But having more of that technical standpoint that Afia brings in actually makes it a good balance. And I think that interesting combination of director and assistant actually works really well. To be fair, there are some casting choices that I do have some issues with. Um, but we'll get to them later on down the line. Uh, but... Overall, it's very solid for what this show is. And considering, again, even though I have no knowledge of the game it's based off of itself, I think a straightforward approach actually works rather well. I I mean, especially, well, especially Afia, like, I, the, 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 the director team, but, like, knowing, knowing Afia's work on Assassination Classroom and yeah. the work that she's do she does, like, I think this... 
was uh, a rather interesting choice and it worked. But all right, let's move on to some of our lovely cast members. Uh, let's talk about some of the auxiliary characters before we get into the guys we're allowed to bang. Um, so first of all, we're going to talk about Rempart Leonhard and Queen Victoria, who is obviously the queen of freaking England. And not like and, an uh, old hag, but like a fucking babe. No. Yeah. A ba- yes. She's a babe. We bae. have babe queen of England and... And Hardy McHard pants and uh, <laughs> and and a dilf <laughs> and a dilf. Yay! I know where this is going. Um, so, so I didn't make any predictions for these I two. Did. Although, if I thought about it, I probably I, should have. I, um, I only had predictions for the queen. I have predictions for both. Okay, I got nothing. Okay, Steph, why don't you go first, and then Megan will follow up. So, I only actually did one prediction for the queen because this. This actress has voiced a queen before. I had Don Bennett, and I figured oh, she was she was queen. Did nothing wrong in Garo. Fuck you, Mendoza. Exactly. Like I can see that kind of vo- that kind of range that she used for that, um, and that as well as um, probably her character. I'm gonna say it's Satsuki in Rum- um, not Rumble Kitan, Konohana Kitan. Um, where it's more too of many a deeper, ketons too many ketons where it's more of a deeper register and i feel like don would also have some fun playing this queen because she's kind of a bit devious and evil too so fucking bitch that's a good choice fucking bitch uh my turn uh so my prediction for alexandria victoria because i did my entire cast predictions based off of the i believe it's axis system does the game maybe um, it's Automate. Yeah, but uh, they released it uh, over in the States under a, certain, a different title. Oh, yeah, Axis. Yeah, Axis does So I went States. to their site and looked up everybody, um, and looked up everybody. Oh, fuck. And did it based off of appearances. Nice. <laughs> of course you did. Because this is fucking, in here. Fuck you, it works sometimes. It does, actually, for her. I got shit right before like that. Don't you fucking slut yeah. shame me. Let, let's go back anyway, to ours. I'm not going to slut shame you. Look here. We'll I get got, to okay. my I do this on appearances anyway, later. I, I got king shamed by the boys via fate last night. We're not talking about it. Anyway, my <laughs> nice. predictions for Leonhard were Barry Yandel or Phil Parsons. Okay. Um, I, I thought, hey, these guys have played kind of older... <laughs> I also missed the booze cruise. That's why I picked Barry Endel. <laughs> <laughs> and my predictions for Alexandria Victoria, uh, Queen Victoria were Morgan Garrett and Elizabeth Maxwell because they oh, play... Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. The queen looks like she could step on me. Uh, Ooh, Elizabeth Maxwell would have been good. And, Elizabeth, and also be... She, she kind of looked like waifu material. And I'll admit, Elizabeth and Morgan play two of my waifus. Okay, well, Elizabeth plays two of my waifus. But um, I thought they she had like the powerful like kind of sexy voice, so okay. that's why. Yay! Well, speaking of sexy, and our, powerful. our good friend and powerful, Ooh. our good friend Rempart Leonhard is played by Mr. David Wall. Yeah, buddy. And uh, our lovely Queen Victoria is played by Stephanie Young. Yeah, but a name we haven't heard or talked about in a while. I have no idea who she is. So I let's do. get to the person that I do know who she who he is first. David Wald, uh, a member of my newly minted voice actor of Harem, figure- who I haven't decided on what 
number he's Damn getting it, I was yet, about to ask, did you there. figure that out yet? <laughs> no, because I had, a, I think, uh, well, it's a story for another video. Um, but David Wald has played Victor, the Dilf, the dad, in The Royal Tutor. He has played Albert, the Dilf, in uh, Gosick. We are not talking about Gosick! That man is evil! I just... He's a dilf. He's and dilf. he also plays Reiji Sakamaki, the fun police. <laughs> Woo! And Diabolic Lovers. So David, this and is, Diabolic Lovers, more blood. Is, and he also plays somebody in Brothers so Conflict. this is not his first rodeo, of course, in the Otoma game. It ain't his world. first rodeo, guys. It ain't his no. first rodeo. <laughs> and uh, Stephanie Young plays another queen. Queen Tahamini in the Heroic Legend of Arslan. Tahamini, that bitch! Also I don't know known as fuck you, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> D- haven't, no, I haven't gotten there. Um, Arachne and Soul Eater. Oh, yes. and, uh, also known Nico as Robin, fuck you, bitch. At least, bitch. <laughs> okay, and Nico Robin, who is at least someone I've heard of um, in One Piece. Also, protect that bitch. So, protect that bitch. So, <laughs> so she is that bitch that you either want to fuck or protect. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You well, say what? fuck. Fuck as mean die, right? It says in kill. <laughs> Not the sexual matter. <laughs> Don't get your words mixed up or else to go out of context Freezing. and out the window. Uh, hold on. I can't Freezing. breathe. <laughs> <laughs> we broke Zenith. And we're one down. Alright, Zenith, so now that you're alive, why don't you tell us what you thought of the fun police and uh, the queen? He's actually the fun police in this show! He is! He is, he and, is the and, literal and, fun and, police. And I can make literal a roofie's joke. Police. Um, I think... He gets roofied, so he gets a taste of his own medicine! Yeah! I think um, I think they both do great performances. Um, we don't really see them enough in the first four episodes to really get a full indication on them, but for where they were, like, I mean... Uh, they, they they did a good a pretty good job. I mean, you know, Captain Hardpants. Um, you know, he he, he <laughs> Captain Hardpants. Oh no! <laughs> I like it. Um, he he lives up to his name. Um. <laughs> oh God! Are we gonna? I love you, David Walls. I love you. Uh, please cut this out, Owen. <laughs> Are you okay? She's dying over there. Are you and two. As I have seen more of the show, because you, I thought we were going to episode six. You've seen more of the hard pants. More, more of the hard pants. I've seen more of the. I've I'm seen. Jealous. I've seen the hard pants chase Bashone and Frankenstein around. Um. I think David Wall does uh, does a good job. It's it's kind of I, I kind of feel bad because it's like oh this isn't this is just David Wall being David Wald in the background. Uh, I will say though I really liked Stephanie Young as Victoria because she sounded as conniving and scheming and powerful as I thought she would be, um, and just like damn woman, you bitch. You a bitch. Yeah. Um, but she does such a good <laughs> job, like, capturing, like, that I am the queen, and even though you're, to, especially to, to, to short, short Satan Finnis. Short, short Satan, that's nice. Oh, no, wait, no, no, what did I, I have a nickname for him, because, uh, I call one of the characters from, um, Ancient Magus Fried Booty Shorts Beelzebub. Nice. Um. 
But like she like the way she's like, you're a you're a little dick, but you're still one of my people, so we good. Don't fuck up again, you little asshole. I thought she was she was pretty good, and I I, I kind of wish that the character was around more because I feel like I would really enjoy Stephanie Young's performance if the character wasn't like an auxiliary character. And I hope to see her around in more stuff that isn't One Piece. Or Blah Blah K Battlefront, because she Fun. is back for that this season. Oh, that's right. I forgot she's KK. Yep. Mama KK. Mama yeah. KK. Next, which is next on my list of, you know, things I need to watch. But, yeah. Do it! Season 2 is still going right now. You need to fix this. Yes, I, that, I have. It, is... It, it is on my re- review list, so I, I'm, I have no choice but to watch it, like, next. So, yeah. But you, you, you good. You recovered now. Yes, I, I recovered my MMO junkie self. Um, oh my god. That's not, that's not the show we're talking about. Today. I know, I know. Um, no. Sorry, I, I, I broke for a good minute there. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think um, Captain Hardpants does a good job. He's not on screen enough. Um, it's mostly in the earlier portions of the show when they're introducing stuff. Um, but I think he does a good enough job. But I, I do agree with you that Queen... Queen San, um, she she really uh, is conniving and she brings that across. And if if they had shown her a little bit more, I would really get behind her. But um, from what I've seen, she's only been in like <laughs> one episode. She comes Two. back in episode five. Yeah, I've only seen up to four. She's in episode four. She is in episode four. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, mm-hmm. you know she does a great job. I just I wish I could see her more. Oh yeah, I forgot she she employs. Shmemlock, Hemlock. You, you, you mean not Sherlock Holmes? Herlock Sholmes? Oh my not god! Not Sherlock Holmes. Let's not talk about <sighs> him yet, please. Because <laughs> no, we're not we're not there yet. Stuff. What do you <laughs> what do you think of Captain Hardpants? <laughs> Hardpants. Oh lord. Um, I don't really have any notes on the two of them. They're both actually really well done. I'm just in the same camp as Zenith as I have. It's just I haven't really seen them as much as I would hope uh, in order to really judge the performances. But based on what I do know, Stephanie Young is a devious, cunning, conniving queen, and I love it. And she, she, it's it's one of those things where it's like the first time you meet her, and you're, and she's talking to Finnis, she. Doesn't put him in his place, but she does remind him who holds all the power. And the way she commanded that scene was just absolutely amazing to me. And then David Wald, as, as again, literal fun police, I can't believe we're saying that, but it's true. He got roofied, he got <laughs> you're roofied. You're not wrong. Um, I mean... Yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I think he was very well... Uh, his character is very well performed, and I enjoy it, because it needs, like... Because that character does need, like, a gruff presence, and David Wall pulls that off very well. I, I want to talk about the fun police, Captain Hardpants, oh, newly police. dubbed Captain Hardpants. <laughs> um, I'm, in lo- I'm in love with him. I mean, David Wald playing his typecast. He's yet another evil dilf. I... I'd fuck him. Um, his his tone is perfect. And here's the thing. I can't tell if he's supposed to be a bad guy or not. Spoiler. Queen Victoria 
Stephanie sounds very regal and I haven't heard her do anything so I have no idea what she does um but I like that she sounds very true to age like she's sexy like she sounds very regal you I let really her liked step her on so <laughs> I would let her step Stephanie on me in spike heels Stephanie Young is definitely one of those voice actresses that if you're looking for more at least a few years back if you're looking for a more sultry voice a lower registered female voice you would turn to her See, those are the ones that I like a lot. So I'm glad that they put her here so I can discover the newly cool person, Stephanie Young. Welcome to Dub Talk. I don't bite, but I will let you step on me. <laughs> Anything else about these characters before we move on to um, part two of The Bad Squad? I like part two of The Bad Squad more. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. All right. All right, let's move on to part two of the Bad Squad. So we have Mr. Herlock Sholmes, who is in the employment of uh, Queen Victoria. And we also have Finnis, who is the big bad of this series. Angry little know girl, he's, angry little Shoda. He, angry little Shoda, looks like he belongs in Cute High Earth Defense Club, love. Yeah, you're not wrong, actually. Um, No, he looks exactly like he belongs in there. Um, Did we have any predictions for this purple-haired sleuth or um, little Shota bad guy? I only had predictions for Finnis because when I was watching Japanese, I didn't get to episode four where um, um, Herlock Sholmes is introduced. By the way, you go with Arsene Lupin. Abraham Van Helsing, Victor Frankenstein, Saint Germain. It's because I think in Why? the actual step. It's because I believe in the actual story of Arsene Lupin. That is his name. That's why. You are correct. You are right. Yes. Because I don't when they care. The in, when they wrote the Lupin story, the the name wasn't in public domain. That's how they got around it. That's why, and because he's Lupin's direct enemy in this. That's why he's named that and not the other way. No. You not should say, fuck it. At the, no, but we already still have, we have Abraham Van Helsing and Victor Frankenstein. You should just say, fuck everything and just go Sherlock Holmes. I don't care if it's a direct connection to this the This is Lupo the most story. mad I've ever I seen Stephanie get at the no, Japanese. No. I, I honestly <laughs> no, wonder. When we get to Victor Frankenstein, I'm going to rage quit in a second. I, I honestly Logic. wonder about this because there's a lot of actual historical figures like Saint Germain is a real name. Uh, yeah. Barbicane. That's why I'm like, why could you just it, say fuck it and go, 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 go Sherlock Holmes on this? Yeah. That's because it's in the well, fucking Lupin story that way. Yeah, but but there's a difference between, between historical figures and <laughs> that's the problem with this. There's historical figures which are actually real historical figures because I looked yes. up every single name and they're, they're related to something. But then you have Same. Victor Frankenstein and 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 Van Helsing and Arsene Lupin and Herlock Sholmes. Like, there's not enough consistency with that, and that's where the trash comes in. And that serves basically. But still, I'm like, why? You're basically correct. I'm like, I now now that Sherlock Holmes is public domain, you could just say fuck it and go with that. But when did it become public okay. domain? Did it become public domain before the game was published? I would think so. It, it was public domain when no uh, really when the Asylum the made that. their movies. Uh, so, you know. It, okay. I, I mean, I don't know about that. This is just what they went for at the time. Yeah, I mean. 
mean, but I he does be, live I, at the Baker Street address that Sherlock Holmes yes. lives at. We're just, uh, we're just saying that. Yes. I don't know. This I, makes me even How more does this angry. world work? Because I don't fucking know. It doesn't. It's steampunk London and nothing makes sense because it's a fucking Otome Frankenstein game. Frankenstein has headphones. It's... He does have okay, headphones. Okay, look. For what, a dog has okay, a metal yo, leg. Yo, if this is all making you flip the fuck out... I would pay to watch you motherfuckers watch a Fate series. Y'all would be going motherfucking nope. insane. No, at least in a Fate nope. series, I can actually believe that shit. But here, it's like when it's blatantly fucking obvious what they're trying to do. No. I see. I ain't even mad. I'm. I'm. I'm laughing no, at I'm it. No, I'm mad at more logic stuff. I'm just. Later on. I'm just I'm confused. I, I. I ain't mad. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying I it, but I'm confused. I'm gonna rage quit in a few minutes here. Anyway, well, All Stephanie right. well, before you goes and has a hate rage boner. quit. Uh, I don't have a hate um, boner. So I. All right. Speaking of hate boners, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, you knew who I was going to say, and then it didn't happen. Um, so I only made one prediction. It was for Finnis, and um, so the way I did my predictions for this, I actually made two cast lists. I made a what I like to call top tier list, which is a list of people that are veterans and have been going at this for years and years and years in the Funimation world comparatively. And then I made like another list which had newer voice actors on it. So the ones that I'm going to talk about are the ones that I feel we could have the most discussion out of for this podcast. So my pick for Finnis here was Seth McGill. Oh, okay. Because interesting. Dance with Devils is a thing. Mm. You're right. And he crazy. He crazy. He crazy. He crazy so he crazy. I was like, Finnis is pretty fucking crazy. This is when I thought Finnis was also a girl. Yeah. I mean. Yes. Eh. Uh, do you have predictions? Eh. I have two for Finnis. Oh, wait. Did Gigi say her Schmerlock Schlomes? I didn't. I didn't have one. Oh. I just let him ride. Go. Oh, Me. <laughs> Phrasing, well phrasing. Phrase, so, um, again, I didn't have anything for sh- for. I'm calling him Sherlock. I don't fucking care because I'm gonna mispronounce the name at this okay. point. Okay. Um, he's Sherlock in your bed. It's knock fine. Knock off Sherlock. Cheap ass Sherlock. Um, I didn't have anything for him because again, I didn't get to that episode by the time I finished making predictions. Um, but with Finnis and with a lot of my predictions here, I base it off of my director predictions, so those being Tia and Chris, Tia Ballard, Kristen McGuire, and a lot of it's more younger, fresh face voice actors mixed with some veterans who are still of a relatively younger age. Um, with Finnis, what I did, I actually had Steven Sanders and Brandon McGinnis for Finnis. <laughs> oh! Because, oh, because Steven Sanders, I had slight flashbacks to, um, he was licked. Uh, in um, Royal Tudor. Yes. Because he could be like the nice, perky, hyperactive person, but then there was those little switches, those little moments where he just kind of darkens a bit. And I was like, I want to see what he can do when he goes full out batshit crazy and have a lot of dark moments too. And then Brendan McGinnis. Brandon I've seen, and this is going to come back again in a little bit. Brandon I've seen play character types that are either very high balls of energy like if we're talking gamers for instance here or where he almost fucking move faucets <laughs> 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 i 
I haven't seen 91 Days yet, and I own it. You you, you need to fix that. Because he plays, because the other character type he, you, I've seen him play at this point is the the weaklings with, like, the hearts of gold. So this would be a completely char different character type that Brendan would get to play. But it, they, things happen. <laughs> so, Megan. Megunay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll start with my uh, Sherlock predictions, because I did, in fact, do predictions for uh, her Lock Shloms. So, um, <laughs> going based off appearances, uh, I picked Garrett Storms, because why the fuck not? Um, Yay! Uh, the human Garmin has come into our good graces, and he can do kind of, like, slightly emo kid voices besides Rem from Dance with Devils. You are right. Uh, like, Sting, no, Rogue in Fairy Tale, and, uh, my other pick for, uh, <laughs> Herlock Shlomes. Uh, <laughs> you guys are all gonna about to cheer. Uh, it was Alejandro Sub. Oh my god! Uh, oh, that would yeah, actually be like, awesome. I was like, hey, he can do kind of like big tall guy voice. Fuck Leonhard. That's what his name was. Yeah. So it's kind of like, kind of there, like less like his his Keita voice. His uh, not Keita. Keita's the guy from Gamers. Uh, his character from um, Denki from. Occubus trip. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But I more Bashonen because it sounded a little older than the guy uh, than a uh, Leonhard. And then Finnis. Oh, Finnis. Uh, Gigi's gonna be happy with uh, <laughs> one of these. Uh oh. So, uh, my first prediction for Finnis because hey, uh, he's got a Finnis kind of struck me as like more soft spoken. Okay. I didn't know he was like you know the devil. Uh, so my first <laughs> prediction was Howard Wang. Yay! Oh my god, that actually would have been amazing! And then my other prediction to fall back on uh, was Dallas Reed. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh, because damn. Dallas Reed has uh, um, a really good range, mm. besides being, uh, you know, my, my sword son. Uh, but I don't remember Dallas Reed playing an evil character. I don't either, actually. Um, that would have nope, been interesting. So, there was that. By the way, because I don't think I have him mentioned on anything else, uh, Gigi, you watched the Dance with Devils commentaries, right? Of course I did. Was it Seth McGill who Kyle found out was the other team football fan and instant betrayal? Oh, I think it fuck. was where I he's don't... like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have casted him if I knew he was an Eagles fan. <laughs> it was him. It was him or Aaron Roberts. Or, no, one it wasn't of the Aaron two. Roberts because Aaron Roberts. Was then the it was Seth McGill. Yeah, it was Seth McGill, and I remember it being fucking hysterical. Anyway, go on. Time for the wonderful mystery reveal of Mister Herlock Sholmes. Who's played by Austin Tin? Voice acting, karma, bitches. Voice acting, black magic. Eh, not this character. No, not this somebody one. else. I, I, I wouldn't say. And then we have. I don't. No, I knew it was. I, I knew it was him the second well, he talked. I, I couldn't tell. And I mean, I knew it. Granted, was him. I'm. Everybody's I'm, different. I'm more used to his normal karma voice and not his detective karma. But I've seen him in a couple of things. I just, I did not recognize him here. Maybe it's just I me. Think, I think this is slightly leaning more towards, um, probably, uh, Angelo from 91 Days a little bit here. Never saw that. 
Exactly. Well, you need to first of all, but I'm thinking that's where my brain is going with it. <laughs> it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of white-haired Kaneki. So. Oh, actually, you're right there. Too. I haven't heard any of Tokyo. I, I haven't seen Tokyo exactly. Ghoul Rude. Ah. Uh. Anyways. Well, along along with Austin Tyndall, <laughs> our our baby bad guy, Mr. Finnis, <laughs> who I keep calling Feedy for some reason. Right. I like this. I like this one. Is Justin. Reiner. Oh my god, this yeah. was fantastic. Now, I, tr- Evil. I mean, I, anyway, mean, I mean, let Gigi do her job. Ugh. I know we talked about Austin Tindall a little bit. Um, He is Karma in Assassination Classroom. He's Mr. Gene Otis in Aka 13, oh, and what? he is Suna in My Love Story. And Justin Briner, along with being Mitri in Danganronpa 3, Mika, which I finally got right from Seraph at the End. She did! He also plays Deku in My Hero Academia. Now go nuts. Okay. I I gotta gotta say, can I just say first off, in terms of Justin Reiner, because I think for all of our predictions, we were looking at actors like, we haven't seen this the, these people play evil characters. I've never seen Justin Briner play a straight-up evil motherfucker. Okay, No. Well, oh, true. <laughs> so we kind of got what we were hoping for, but in a different sense. And Steph, just go. She's already talking. Oh, may as well. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't write any notes down for Justin. Shit. Um, you fucked up. <laughs> motherfucker crazy. <laughs> Kid is right? crazy. And I love every second that he's on screen. Though, on occasion, he can kind of get a little carried away with the crazy. Just, just, just a hair. He can dial it back a tiny bit, I think. No, he, no, he does not need to dial it back. Uh, no. That's, that's what you think. I think he kind of just overdoes it sometimes. But it's very, very rare when it happens. But I think it's lovely. Again, I've never heard Justin <laughs> play an evil motherfucker before. <laughs> this is just amazing to me. What? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold the phone. You finished 91 Days. Yeah. He was the psychopath in 91 Days! But he was also mentally broken by other human beings. He's not the evil motherfucker of the entire show. Yeah. True. Okay, so, I can't so say so anything because I'm not saying, You seen can't the show. tell me anything. You haven't seen the show. Sit down. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's told me to sit down yet today. <laughs> Just wait. But, um, sit down, really... Gigi. Sit down. <laughs> There we go. You need you need to have a valid reason. <laughs> You're a dirty, dirty whore. Sit down. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean to be that mean. We love you, Sorry, Gigi. that was mean. All right, everyone, sit down. Well, I'm <laughs> already down. seated. I- I'm already seated, but sit down. Yes, we're all seated, but sit down again anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, Justin Briner like, is fantastic as this evil villain, but you can also... I feel like there's some small hints of a softer side, but more in regards to Cardia, because reasons, I think? Um, and then we have Austin Tyndall as knockoff Sherlock Holmes over here. Uh, that name is gonna frustrate me, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, Sherlock it's... Gnomes. It's just Sherlock, but it's a bu- it's you think it's Sherlock Holmes, but it's actually just a bunch of gnomes <laughs> topped on top of each other in a trench coat. Oh, 
Fucking You thought it was Sherlock Holmes, but it was really I, Dio. I, Dio. This is not time for Jojo. What did you get here? This isn't the time for a Jojo's reference. It's always time for There's always time for a Jojo's reference. Is that a motherfucking Jojo's reference? Um, Austin Tyndall. God damn it. Austin Tyndall is knockoff Sherlock Holmes. Um, I did enjoy it. I mean, I've only. He's only in one episode I've seen so far because I've only seen up to episode four. But. For what I too loved Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> oh I my know, god. Like, for what it's worth, uh, I had it in here somewhere. I have a note. Oh, there it is. Uh, he kind of. He basically manages to capture both the cunning and the charisma of the character very wonderfully because Sherlock Holmes as a character in general in fiction tends to have a good amount of charisma to him so he manages to capture this knockoff one very well with that my only my only thing though is is like seems too obvious of a choice it works but it seems too obvious wait Austin Tyndall was the obvious choice in this prediction kind of yeah really what what drugs are you it's on? Weird. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm gonna blame the name of the character. <laughs> I'm just gonna play about that. All right. But- Whatever the fuck you're smoking, give me some. <laughs> she, she just wanted detective All karma right. so we could round out the karma pool. Oh, the karma pool's never gonna end. <laughs> just you wait. We're gonna I get know, like right? mo- many more iterations of karma. It's weird of me to. S- it, I know it's weird of me to say that comment, but um. Cons- I, it's probably because mostly in my mind when I was cast when I was making predictions for this show, I was leaning towards the lesser named actors and actresses. I think that's my problem. Because again, I was stuck on it being treated like Otome trash <laughs> as it is, right? And it going to someone who under, under who gets the female demogra- demographic who is the show is more catered to. I think that's my problem because my mindset of where I was predicting this cast and Austin Tyndall in my mind being too obvious of a casting choice. I'm not saying he's terrible at it. It's a perfectly fine performance. It's just my brain is linking it to this reason. Hey, I mean, it. It. I like Detective Karma um, as much as I like Farmer Karma, so... It, Farmer Karma? From Assassination Classroom. Farmer Karma. <laughs> it's it's you sneezed for me. The DVD extras. I did. Oh, I don't oh, know. I remember now. I haven't I even finished it. Don't spoil it. I I know what he's she's talking about. Um, anyway, okay. you go, Zenith, well, you were talking. All right. Um. So my feelings on these two. First of all, uh, Finnis is a little shit, and I love him so much. I think the voice acting. Uh, Justin Briner here did a fantastic job. Um, and here's the thing. The moment I knew I loved this jo- the, this dub from the very beginning was the, the London Bridge is Breaking Down bit that he I says. I was about to say, Justin Briner can sing, yeah. guys. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, ask Alejandro, this, is a, this should be a well-known fact. And I'm like, I oh, my God. Before. And it's like. This this is where I'm just like, oh, this is really, really good. And Justin Briner, you, from the moment you you opened your mouth, made this a memorable dub for me. Um, Finnis is one of my favorite characters uh, in this, it just because 
of what the character is able to do, and a lot of it is simply the voice acting in from that very first line, so kudos. Um, as for uh, Sherlock Poirot, um, uh, Good name. I, I, I think Austin Tyndall does a good job. I just, I, I would not have seen him in this role, and that, that may be... Maybe it's because he's cast as his character is why I was, you know, saying voice acting black magic is because I don't usually see him as this type of character. I usually see him as younger characters, but he he can he he does a perfectly fine job here. Um, I, I have no complaints with it. It's just not who I would cast. Um, yeah, good job. But Finnis, oh, my God. Well, it's it's funny that you said Austin Tyndall as Herlock Sholmes was kind of like your voice acting black magic. I don't think it went that far because I instantly recognized him, but I was really happy that this is actually like the least dry and deadpan I've heard Austin Tyndall play a character in a long, long time. Like I think Tom from First Love Monster is the one that I'm going to go back to where it wasn't extremely dry and deadpan. Because I think of Austin Tyndall as like the baby brother to Jerry Jewell. Like they can compete in the dry deadpan award for everything. Nice. And uh, fun fun fact, which we're going to mention now. I didn't, I didn't, eh, I didn't really watch it. Like I did, but I wasn't really paying attention to the point where I could you know, analyze it. But I promised Megan I would mention this here. So we all know that Jerry Jewell likes to cast himself in his shows. And um, I bet $20 on Twitter that I, that Jerry Jewell would play Nemo, who we're not going to talk about because he's in episode six. Uh, this $20 is going to go to uh, Chris Ayer's uh, oh, GoFundMe or whatever he has his page um because chris Ayers is amazing and you should all go donate um but uh megan wanted to talk about nemo really quickly even though we oh, didn't yeah, get there the got to the all right megan you you can go you nemo can go find nemo is, <laughs> you find nemo well, he's played by mr damon mills which, our wizard Jesus fucking christ damon what did you do to gain this magical acting ability i mean holy shit well, just, uh, like, I was like, like, okay, so I'm sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden, I thought, like, yo! <laughs> That's her reaction. Is, yo! <laughs> yo! I was like, who plays this? I was like, I was like, David was like on Twitter, I'm playing Nemo! And I, of course, didn't see the picture for this character, so then walks out, like, I, I'm going to assume... Vomit from a Rastafarian. Um, <laughs> oh my god! White-haired steampunk motherfucker, and it's just like, nightmare. like he's doing like the the shocker with his hands, and it's just like his tongue is out, and he's just like, look into my airship, and I was like, holy Christ on a cracker, Damon. Oh my like, god, I have something to look forward to, don't I? I was like, oh yes. my god, what the hell is happening? Well, now I have to keep watching. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, this is a show that no, I'm going- episode six is the best episode! I, I'm gonna probably go back to it once we finish recording this. The, this is a show that I'm going to wholeheartedly continue watching because it's so no, damn you fun. Have to, Damon! You, you started your first trash show, Zenith. You need to finish it. Yes. It's your duty now. You gotta, Especially you gotta for Damon, because Damon Damon, I'm through. convinced, can do no wrong. I have never heard Damon, Damon Mills a, in a bad role. It's fact. Damon is a beast, okay? 
It's Damon, bad. you beautiful, it's, beautiful right. beast. You. you should, I, should I talk about? Uh, yes. Gigi, go back to you talking about Schmurlock and Finnis. I need to catch my breath. <laughs> yes, you then do I'll that. Come back. Um. So I, come back. I think, I think that uh, Austin Tyndall is in on the joke on this show. Like you know who you guys were talking about that earlier. Like they're in on the Otome yeah. trash. I think Austin Tyndall's in on it. But the number one trash champion of this show is Justin Briner. In all his camp glory, fucking playing Finnis. Um, I, I I never thought I would see him as a bad guy, and I never thought I would see him as a camp bad guy. And by goddamn gosh and gollies, he is the best, and he his performance is what I wanted out of everyone in this show. So now that you say you you just said freaking ham shit, I'm like I'm gonna put him as a contender for Dubbies now. Pardon me. <laughs> Yay! Golden ham bitches. Now I have to change my my, uh, dubby uh, award thing because... You you guys at least have the 30 till the 31st. That's why we put that there just to give all of us a month to watch whatever shows. Yeah, I don't remember who I put for mine, but I think I might have to change (laughs) it. No way. I remember who I put for mine. I'm not changing it. Um, But yeah, he was super camp. I loved it to pieces. And Megan, are you done dying? We need to have a dying counter for everyone <laughs> okay, here yes. today. Well, I, my my my, I, my I, death I, counter is at two right now. <laughs> yes, I've um, I've gotten over my case of the vapors. So. <laughs> the vapors. The vapors. <laughs> I got the vapors. Vapes. Case of the vapors. Um, Austin Tyndall as Herlock Sloms, because I'm gonna do it just to piss off Steph. Um, Yay! Thanks. He was. He was exactly what I expected. It was Tyndall. It was Tyndall doing Tyndall. Um, so I I knew who it was, and I was like, oh okay, okay, this is better than I, I expected. It wasn't a big standout. Finnis is my son. Um, <laughs> like he's Finis a little shit lord that you want. I I want like ten Finnises in my house. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why? I just, he's I just I just want to let him I just want to let him go out and burn things down. Um but no, like Justin Briner was like 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 on point snapped into position fuck everybody else like this was his kingdom. He's going to burn it down. He's going to get his cardia back. Uh like he was absolutely terrifying and intimidating and creepy and at the same time in episode 4 you also feel like absolutely bad for him cuz he just wants his sissy back. Um, so I think, uh, he is a contender for, uh, ham, golden ham of the year award, um, along with Damon, because Damon, once you get to Damon as Nemo, holy shit. Um, yeah, you might need to do a golden ham off here. It's gonna, it's gonna be tough nearing these awards. It's gonna be a tough year. year. Uh, but I think that unlike Steph though, I don't want him to tone it down because if Finnish ends up getting nutsier than he is. I want Justin he to does. go like above and beyond. I want him. I want Jerry and the engineer and Afia to look in the booth with Justin in there going full ham and be like, you know what? He might need to go into a different type of padded room. Here, here, have oh. have a honey ham. Here, have have this entire ham. Have Justin eat a Snickers. You're not yourself. <laughs> Have have some have some time a hammy, you know. Just just get uh, get all the no, ham in there. No, not time a hammy. He just needs a fucking Snickers. That's all that kid needs right now. He needs a Snickers. So He's funny. hungry. Give him a fucking Snickers. All right. All right. 
I'm so glad our bad guys are so good, but we do have to move on to some people who are not as bad. Um, so I'm just going to fucking throw this out there. Predictions for the dog. Ein, I didn't make any, honestly. I think it was Ayn. None, but Roots, Roots required me to insist that we talked about the dog because he wanted to talk about the dog. <laughs> we are talking about the dog. Predictions for the dog. I didn't have predictions for the, for the dog. dog. Chris Guerrero, best dog. <laughs> Chris Guerrero, <laughs> best, best dog. dog. I don't know. Shadow. Would, would Kai like this dog? Good boy. I, I, I so have a feeling soft. that Kai would so like soft. Shiitake He's not soft enough. He's he's not soft enough. His leg is metal, and he's wearing a top hat. I don't. I so, mean, his, there's a heart. This on is a butt. this is a Full Metal Alchemist but it's also dog. Corgi. Oh my god. This is a Full Metal Alchemist full metal dog. dog. Full it is. Corgi. Um. So the, the dog's corgi. name is Sissy. There's no real predictions for the dog. Um. And then the other person we're going to talk about right now is a uh, baby Drac himself, Delacroix the second. I made predictions. Um. That. Who is baby Dracula? Um. I did have Go a prediction for baby Dracula. I don't know if anybody else did. did. did anybody oh, predict? by the way, there are vampires in this okay. show. Hello? Yeah, by the way, there are vampires here. <laughs> and they're not like yeah, actually vampires. vampires. I mean, to, just... be, to be fair, you have Abraham Van Helsing. You have to have some sort of supernatural thing going on here. But it doesn't they're, but they're, mesh. They're not exactly. actually, it doesn't They're not fit. actually vampires. Shut up, Zenith. Let it happen. It's, whoa, at this whoa, point, just whoa. let it happen. <laughs> just let it happen. Let it go. Let it go like Elsa. Um, my prediction for Baby Drac because Baby Drac looks like Minami from Yuri on Ice, is Trina Nishimura. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, my prediction for Delacour II, um, I, I I assumed it was going to be a male voice, so I put, uh, I had a Justin battle. It was either going to be Justin Pate or Justin Briner. Nice! <laughs> Who won? Um, I went in the similar vein as Gigi and went with female voice actresses, but I actually did Terry Doty and Brina Palencia. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Zen, baby Drac. Um, I, I didn't have predictions for this one. Um, but uh All right. Child actor, I don't I don't know. We're going with it. Just go. <laughs> you tried. That was that was all that mattered. Okay, so actual baby Drac is Trina Nishimura! You lucky bitch. Lucky bitch. And then Sissy the dog is played by our assistant director herself, Afia Yu. Oh, wow. All right. So, Tria Nishimura, if you don't know who she is, besides Minami from Yuri on Ice, which thank you for that, um, is Mikasa from Attack on Titan and Aiko and Bakken Test. I don't remember who that was, but I remember Bakken Test. And then Afia Yu has been Yo in Love Life Sunshine, Yuzuki in Selector, Infected, and Sprig. Sprig? Spread? Wickross. You'd think I'd know how to say the word spread. Um, and she was Charo in Puzzles and Dragons Cross? X? Also known as Japan has very weird naming conventions and what the fuck. Megan is dead counter part number two. And now Megan's broken. Uh, that's two. So, um, Zen, what do you what do you think about Baby Drac and the dog? Um, I'll go. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, uh, okay. Uh, the dog. I don't really have much to say. It's a dog, but I mean, it's obvious, so she does a great job regardless. Um, as for Drac, um, this is the other hammy part of the show. <laughs> And I, you know, this could easily have been a role that um, w- could have grated on your ears because it's a character kind of like Ren Gay in the fact that 
You know, she the, the character pops up, does some stuff, and then and then goes away for a little bit. And um, it does have a backstory, but it's really not that important. Baby Drac is just you know this whiny little boy, but. I loved it. I loved the ham on display. I think that I think the voice is just the right amount of um, almost irritating, but not like it, it gets to the point where it's just like it's so hammy and it's so enjoyable, but it's never it never gets to the point where I didn't like it. So I, I Dracula is one of my favorite characters, but like I didn't expect this to be Dracula. Um, th- this is one of the points of the the show where I'm just like, wait, what? What? Because Van Helsing and the and the rest of them are going to steal something, and there's this big heist, and there's a vampire medallion, and then all of a sudden this little boy shows up and says he's a phantom thief, and I'm like, okay, so who is this going to be? Is this going to be uh, you know, Joker from Persona Five or something? And it turns out, oh hey, it's Dracula. Wait, what? <laughs> I love this show so Surprise! goddamn much. And this is Baby Welcome. Dracula. Welcome to the realm of Otoma game trash. I love this so much. Baby Dracula is one of the other reasons I love this show. And um, so, so thank you. You you did a fantastic job, Trina. And uh, yeah, you keep on doing what you do. You do good. You do you. Megan, you all right? Have you come back from the dead like baby Drac? I piss off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, so uh, Alfie did a good job as CC because you just have to make little whiny, whiny noises and stuff and you can still as i've learned from another show even grunting and um making noises like that can actually be really really key in providing a good performance and mm. stuff and she makes believable dog noises also cc needs to be plushies that you can buy yes just saying i would, I would buy, buy it, it. delacroix on the other hand <laughs> I have nothing against Trina Nishimura. I think Trina Nishimura is a fantastic voice actress. And I really, really do enjoy her as Minami in Yuri on Ice. This is Minami if Minami had no sense of control. Mm. And as much as I can like Delacroix when he's having more quiet and emotional moments, Delacroix screams every other line he has, basically. And it does get kind of grating on my ears, personally. It's not an awful performance, but I do think that it could have been toned down a little bit. Uh, Whereas I want Justin Briner to go all the way, like, plaid, evil, crazy ham. I need Trina Nishimura to dial it back a bit. But other than that, I, I, I enjoy what's going on, but this isn't... Delacroix is not my favorite performance and i would honestly call it the weakest out of all the performances in the show wow okay Mm -hmm. um steph you want to go or you want me to go does not matter to me all right well i i think it's i think it's funny that megan you said you wanted to dial baby drac down um i got exactly what i wanted with baby drac um trina nishimura plays a good cute little boy i think that is great high Um, five i don't think it's bad i just think that when Delacroix screeches it hurts I think he could have dialed it up like I was really waiting for like the more dramatic moments to be more dialed up in drama um but I you know I honestly I don't remember the screeching maybe it was because this is the other thing I have to say is that it sounds like he has a stuffy nose the whole time I I so I'm getting I'm getting like baby Drax sniffling 
and then it almost felt like he was baby holding back sometimes. Yeah, like I think maybe. That I mean, was like it. It, I it, it never got to the point of Renge where there are certain parts with Renge and Oran where I just wanted to strangle her, but she gets better. But like with this, I didn't feel that way. Like I don't know. Like I think I just wanted the the dramatic beats to be a little more Punched dramatic up. and a little and a little less Shoda, maybe. Um, as as for Afia as sissy, my thing that I wrote down was it's a dog. <laughs> I mean, she did she did good. I'd buy the plush. Stuff. Okay. I also agree about Afia as a dog. It's a dog. She's good. I would buy the plush. In terms of baby Drac, I'm actually on team Megan with this one. Because are we, are we is, gonna have a civil war here? I hope not. I love you guys. I don't want a civil war. Yeah. But um my Ladies thing is night, and take this it down. is this is literally the note I wrote down by the time I finished episode three. Trina is dot 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 I don't know. And it was hard for me to process it. Like episode three, I th- I actually thought she was fine. With, like, more of the dramatic beats and it actually worked rather well. But I was still, like, hesitant. I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this one. Maybe we'll see how episode four goes. And then we get to the beginning of episode four. And I think Megan's comparison to me to me being, like, out of control is probably the best way to describe that scene that she's in in particular. Yeah, and in episode six is kind of the next time I believe you really hear Drac talk again. Um, Drac kind of screeched every line there, too. Yeah, and... Yeah, you are right. And then, like, she didn't 100% screech, like, every single thing. But there were moments where it was like... I think I was a little concerned with Trina's vocals. I was like, oh girl. oh girl. You're pushing it. Please don't kill your vocals. Because yeah. I, I could tell that Don't it was coming baby to that trend. point where I was like, oh no, she better not take it too far and then she's just going to be like out of it for a few weeks. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in more Camp Megan on this situation where it was fine up to a point and then it's the screeching that kind of took it too far for me. To the point where not only is it like a little bit grating on my ears personally, but the fact that I'm more personally concerned about Trina's well-being, <laughs> her voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's my, that's the line that I draw. If I hear that you're probably like reaching too far for it to the point where you could possibly damage your vocal cords, that's too much. Like dial it back a little bit, because I, I I think I think who 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 had said it once. Colleen Klinkerbeard had said once that doing the Luffy Luffy voice for so many years actually changed her voice itself, her natural voice. Yeah, and for Trina, that's gonna be if if she keeps doing that, it could potentially be a really big issue. With yes, stuff like Attack on Titan season three yeah. coming up, where Mi, uh, Mikasa has a very specific way that she talks and a very specific tone that she talks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically my main concern, is that Trina could, if she takes it overboard like she has been, at least up to me, at least from what I've seen, it could damage her vocal cords. That's my concern. Though, I mean, obviously we don't know Trina personally. Maybe she has better control of her voice than what we think. I don't know, but that's just based on what I'm hearing with Baby Drac here, and that's my concern. 
All right. So next time, baby Drac, less bat sonar. <laughs> I All mean, right. that's the best way to put it. Black's no, and here's sonar. the thing, too. I also kind of... No, it's true. If I can say something really quickly about the show, too. I actually really don't like the idea that Delacroix, because he kind of looks like an underage child and probably is, is a, a route. But I honestly think that the character... He's not a route. Oh, he's not a route. Thank God. Um, He's not a route. Thank God. He is really cutely designed. And I love, like, cute little vampire kids. Uh, so... A plus design. I'm just, set, I'm just so. gonna. Th- I want an acrylic stand. I'm just gonna throw this out there. I was doing Google images, image searches before jumping on recording just to get like images of characters for the show. Apparently, Baby Drat goes up, grows up to be hot. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh yeah! I'm like, damn. Yeah. Okay, son. <laughs> Let's go. Insert that picture in editing, please. I'd like to see hot Baby Drat. Give me All a right. minute, and I will find you one, and I will show you myself. Sweet. All right. Well, while Steph is Google image searching, let's move on to something that I've been waiting to talk about for an hour. And that is boys. Here are the boys you can fuck. Guys. What boys? Boys you can fuck. Boys you can fuck. These are your choices. Yeah, these are the fuck boys. These are the ones that you can bang. Your bangable choices in the Code Realize game have transferred over to the anime in the form of these boys. And the first one that could be your bachelor number one is Count St. Germain. Count St. Germain is actually based on a real person. He was a European courtier and uh, he liked to tell people he was born in Transylvania. I don't know if that'll make sense for anyone at the moment, but if you watch ahead in the show, it might. So, Count St. Germain never opens his eyes. He wears a top hat, and based on looks alone, he was in one of my best boys, um, but in this anime, not so much. So, did anyone have any predictions for the Count here? Uh, surprise, surprise. This is actually where I put the Dilf Whisperer. <laughs> really? Uh, I put David Wald here. Yeah! Really? Um, that'd be, that'd be then- interesting! And then my backup was actually um, J. Michael Tatum. Ooh. Really? Huh. Okay. Uh, remember, I did this based off of looks alone. I, that's, I'm, okay. I, all right. Steph. Okay. I had three predictions. Um, again, my, again, my predictions were mostly based on my director choices, my director pick predictions. But I also had mixes of, um, Non-buck influences in here, too. Uh, and the three I picked here. Ooh, boy. Uh, Austin Tindall. Okay. Howard Wang. Yay. And my first choice was actually Damon Mills. Damon Mills Damon. was on my list, but uh, he Woo. he's not the one who I'm going to talk about. Uh, my prediction here was Dallas Reed. What? Because St. Germain okay. is very soft-spoken. He's the one who has all the money. And he's calling all the shots. And I was like, okay, well, Dallas Reed can do a nice... Oh, so he's the sugar daddy. He is the sugar daddy. St. Germain is the sugar daddy. Um, and Dallas Reed has proven that he can be, you know, a nice guy, as in Cheer Boys. So, right, that, okay. Uh, I see you're going with that. That was my pick for St. Germain. And we got Brandon McInnes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have words. So uh, Brandon yeah. Brandon McGinnis, uh, he has played Keita Amano in Gamers, another ladies' night favorite. He plays Goku Woo! in Nanbaka, and he plays uh, Toshiro in Token Ranbu Hanamaru. Yay! And 
and, and can I just By say, the way, season can, two, on, season on. two is coming. Can I also just say hashtag do it for Corteo? Hashtag do it for Corteo. Because I have to Welcome bring back it up. To Trend that shit. Hashtag do it for Corteo. Um, <laughs> do it for Corteo. <laughs> if no, because no one's done this a few times. If you've gotten this far in the episode so far, in the comments below, <laughs> hashtag do it for Corteo. Let's go. All right, all right. Um, so I don't want to go first for him. So some, I will. so Megan will be the volunteer as tribute. So remember how Zen thought voice acting Black Magic for uh, for um, Austin Tyndall? Yeah. And I was like, Nah, fam, it's somebody else. No. Surprise, bitch. No. I had no idea. Really? I did not know. I I walked in and I was like, Who the fuck plays this guy? And then I looked. And I was like. I have no memory of this place. Um, <laughs> no, it was great. I was like, holy shit, what the fuck, Brandon? Like, it was, I. it's so charming and smooth, and when it gets to be silly, is really silly. Like, I I was having a great time with him as uh, Delacroix. Not Delacroix. Wow. Wow. Wrong um, character. Saint Germain. Shit balls. Piss ass. Um, bitch ass. Uh, no. Uh, I thought he was great as St. Germain. I was, like, I was completely on board with it. I thought that he was fantastic. Um, I did not know it was him. Uh, so good on you, Brandon. I didn't like it. No? I didn't believe he wanted to fuck me. So, Hmm. that's... When you're in an Otome game, and that's, like, the main... I didn't... I couldn't... I mean, he's very nice. Like, I feel that he's very nice. He's got the snobby little rich kind of accent kind of down. I felt that he was very friendly, friendly enough. Um, but I I just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. And I really hate that because I love everything else that he's ever done. And I just, I wasn't feeling it here. I, if I can interject for a sec, I think that's more a problem of the character and what they're going with with the show. Not necessarily Brandon. Because... Because I saw what the little preview of, like, episode 5 was, and it seems to be more Victor Frankenstein-oriented. I feel like there has to be a future, future episode where St. Germain is more of the central guy that you spend There's time with. There's not. Really? He does not get his own episode. Normally in an Otome Shoujo Trash show, every guy will get his own episode that is centered around Damn, them. Okay. St. Germain does not get an episode at least as far as episode 8. Which is way wow. too long to be having an introduction episode. Um, but St. Germain okay. does not get one. So I feel like if he actually weren't a route in the game, like, and he were just there, like, as an auxiliary character, I'd be more on board with this. I just, I don't feel any attraction between him and Cardia. And okay. that's, Im- that's important. Like, in a game or in an anime that's based on an Otome game, I don't feel any attraction between them at all. I think the other problem that might be occurring here is the Otome anime adaptation syndrome where the anime adaptation just sticks with one route in particular and just focuses on that. Uh, that being the Lupin thing. I think that's the other main issue and that doesn't give the other main boys any real, real chance to shine. But that's just what I'm thinking of right now. I, I mean, it. you're right. Um, but I do actually, when we get to the other guys, like I can feel, I feel more of a chemistry 
between them. But I, I, I don't know. It, you know me. You know me and my weird feelings. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm not feeling it here. Okay. No, I understand. I mean, c- giving, considering, like, how Tome games and stuff like that usually go in their tropes. I mean, I get, I think, because I haven't, again, I haven't seen past episode four. So, and you, in, you're, you're saying that there's no saint centric episode up at least till episode nine. Correct. That you've seen. Correct. Ah, oh, and they're getting into the last third of the show soon, too. Yeah. Unless they want to throw it in the last minute. I don't know. Well. That's going to be tough. Well, they, I don't want to spoil it, but they technically could. Please don't. So I I don't think. So they could. They could. But I don't think they will. Okay. Um, But I mean, if you're, if you're seriously going to play it, like he's an auxiliary character, it was fine and great. Like I would 1000% believe it. And that's the thing is that like I don't get the impression I I don't know anything about the game so I don't know that it's a route. Yeah, so and I think I that might be I can't a thing. Blame anybody who doesn't watch. I can't blame uh, I can't blame like myself for not being into the game but liking Brandon's performance a lot and not realizing it was him and being very impressed. no and you shouldn't I'm just saying that because I am familiar with the game enough yeah that... there's there's the difference there like you're familiar with yeah. the game we're not so that's where your opinion comes from because you're familiar with the game you know that yeah. Saint is a route which for you and your commas it's completely understandable. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, Steph, what do you think about it? Your, your your points are very valid, all things considered. Um, kind of going back to um when I talked about him as one of my predictions for Finnis. This this is definitely a different kind of character that I've never seen Brandon play before. Because I've seen him play, again, I've seen him play the balls of energy, and I've seen him play the weaklings with the hearts of gold. With Saint, I could tell it was Brandon. I couldn't. <laughs> I could. I heard twinges of Corteo in there. So that's how I managed to pick up. Cor- min- twinges of Corteo and maybe slight, slight, slight hints of Amino from gamers as well. But it's definitely a gentleman, regal kind of character. See, this and is I the kind of character. See, this is for me, is the type of character I would have expected, like, Tatum to play. Yeah. Yeah. Cause let's 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 face it here. Like when you think, if we're talking about Tatum for like two seconds, when you think of Tatum and the types of characters he's normally cast as, the suave gentleman usually is one of those main ones he gets casted as. So suave gentleman, sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about sugar daddy, but suave gentleman. But this is very different for Brandon and. I want to see more characters like this from Brandon. I really do. Because I do love me my characters like Corteo and um, Samon Goku from Nambaka. But this is definitely a different side. And I enjoy that gentleman regal personality that Brandon puts into the performance. So I really liked it. Just unlike Megan, it's not a voice acting black magic thing to me. (laughs) Zenith, what you think? Eh. Eh? I, I feel, I feel wow. better now. <laughs> I He was one of the ones who I felt the most that indifference to. Okay. Not just on a character level, but on a voice acting level. It's oh. it's a fine voice. That, that's the problem. It's fine, but it never does anything more for me. Like, um, I see what you're saying. It never goes past the point of just being... It's safe. 
it, it, it feels safe to me in a show that is all yeah, right. about the about this um this really makeshift patchwork adaptation of what the fuck um it, you know we're we're putting in Victor Frankenstein and we have a character called Saint Germain he is a real figure and I looked that up but doesn't stand out and you know in, in a show where um where a character named MP Barbicone which is a real person um Barbicane um is it? it it's from I Jules thought it was Verne's a character novel. in a book well, yeah a character in Jules Verne's novel yeah, it's um a character in a book. yeah but I we don't recognize that name that much but he stands out far more than Saint Germain and it just it it feels like there should be more to him. It feels like really, um, th- th- it should stand out more. And I just, I did not particularly care for um, this character. Like, it, it's not bad. It's just not. Basically, what you're saying is compared to some of the other voice actors in this main cast. Brandon kind of just gets lost in the background, is what you're saying. Yes, he's okay. he's no That's fair. he's no Finnis. But he's also <laughs> no uh, well. There's a character I have a problem with coming up, and we'll get to it. But like, he's he's in between. He's like he, okay. he's he's like the middle of the sandwich, but not hearty enough to fill the sandwich. I see what you're saying. I, I get I what you're lo- saying, and that's completely that's completely valid. Like, I, I am kind of stuck on it being a different role. But you are you to to a point. I think you are right. It kind of compared to some of the other performances in the show it kind of does get lost a little bit but i think saint germain doesn't exactly have a lot either right now yeah i, I kind of wish the other issue and that's more on the show i think i, I want to table of... this discussion until after episode eight like i wish i could do an addendum but i'm not gonna do it all right that's just you know anyway <laughs> anyway i want to say something so bad okay i'm not gonna all right so Please hold back because we really need to finish the show. Yes, we're gonna <laughs> we t- really we're gonna, gonna t- we're gonna table we're gonna table Saint Germain. Um, I'm gonna comment in the comments after episode eight with the dub gets aired, so I can addendum myself. All right. Cool. Um, I think that's in like two weeks. Yes. Yeah, because it's up to six now. So. So we're we're gonna move on, and now is the time, loyal listeners, that you need to get out your ponchos, because it's. <laughs> It's, it's time for my get you are wet. If you it's about, about to get wet. wet. Um, it's oh, time for my. Let me put on my best Sea World voice, please. There you go. Please, please do it, Megan. Please do the disclaimer. <clears throat> oh boy. If you're enjoying our show so far, things are about to get wet. If you're seated in the first eight rows of our theater, you will get wet because you're in the splash zone. It's time to talk about Van Helsing, who's my Get bad ready boy. To drop your I, gotta, I gotta do one thing. No. I have to do one thing. Hold up. Yep. I gotta do one thing because I feel like it's stupidly appropriate. Ready? Fuck you guys. All I, all I can say is that my my panties are ready to drop, I, and I hope yours oh, are too. Same. 
Oh, mine are on the floor. Um, all right. Turn the seal off. I don't want to think about the seal. I had you. I had you so bad. Oh, God. Okay. It's time to talk about Van Helsing, who is my best boy character. He is my best boy character. Please keep that in mind as we say our predictions. Um, my prediction for Van Helsing was someone I forgot and I have to look at really quickly. Um, it was, it was, um, in my second list, I'm going to talk about it was Chris Waycamp because Bruno and Bruno makes the panties drop. So, Hey, Gigi. Hey, yes. Guess what? What? I predicted Chris Waycamp as Van Helsing. Oh my god! Yes. Hell yeah! Guess yes. what? What did you do? What? Did I also <laughs> And I did as well. <gasps> Across the board. I also had a second Damn. prediction. Okay. My other prediction was uh, Damon Mills, actually. Ooh. That was Ooh. my other prediction for Van Helsing that I wasn't going to mention. But yes, Damon Mills. I only had Chris Waycamp. Chris Waycamp was my number one, though, because Bruno makes the panties drop. Exactly. Um, Bruno is amazing. (laughs) Across across the board, Chris Waycamp's. But, but I am not at all disappointed. Not at all disappointed in who is actually cast as Abraham Van Helsing. I'm crying because. I wonder why she's not disappointed. Because it's Hanson Claire. My Hisbondo. And, <laughs> and there attack. goes the panties. They, there they go. <laughs> the palpitations. Oh there they go. God. Oh my flood. God. They're just going down the Mississippi. Oh my God. So if they're, you they're don't gone. know. They ain't coming back on. Who Ian Sinclair is. Besides being my number one voice actor, Hasbondo, who is playing my fucking best boy. He is dandy in Space Dandy. Kaname, the big hoary guy in Brothers Conflict. And Juzo, my new husband. Oh God, Juzo did nothing wrong from Danganronpa three. Um, oh. This is n- count number two on the Gigi death count. Somebody else speak. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, who's gonna go first while Gigi recovers? Oh fuck me. If she ever recovers. Never. Um, I can go. Go ahead then. Um, this was fantastic. This is one of my favorite, uh, voiced characters in the dub. Um, from the moment Van Helsing came on screen, um, granted, I was dying that the, at the fact that we had Van Helsing <laughs> when, when he first said, uh, our, our scenes like Van Helsing, like that, and the fact that he's not shooting real bullets, it's salt bullets. <laughs> I mean, why not? He's um, so thoughtful. <laughs> he's so thoughtful. Um, but Van Helsing is one of my favorites, uh, especially, I, I especially love the way they utilized him in the opening, the fact that he spins rifles and doesn't know how to hold them properly. Um, but really, like, the, in terms of voice acting, in terms of voice acting, um, I think this was really, really great. Uh, second favorite of the, of the boys, um, just so manly and so... Just so I, uh, I don't, I don't care about your shit. But really tortured on the inside. Like this is, this is a perfect candidate for for everything. Like this is, if you're looking for this boy, this boy's looking for you. Mm, yeah, I but uh, I, I give it a ten out of ten. This is great. Help him get over his dead wife. Um, 
I'll go next. Uh, I really liked it. I thought Ian Sinclair was a really great choice. Um, episode six with him makes me laugh because he keeps on trying to want to kill Impy. Because Impy's a little asshole in that episode. Um, he's not my favorite boy. Um, but I really enjoyed the performance. And I like when Ian Sinclair gets to do dark brooding guys. Like, Juzo from Danganronpa mm. was great. Um, when he was really sad, I mean, we all can agree that Ian Sinclair was the best part of Servamp. Yes. Um, Grossler and Akka is a good example, too. Yeah, Grossler and Akka is a fantastic example, and, uh, I, that was my, one of my favorite performances he's ever done. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Steph, you go, please. (laughs) Sorry, I had to yawn for, like, two seconds. Why are we whispering? I like no to, idea why you're whispering. I like to whisper too. Why the fuck are you guys whispering? <laughs> I don't understand. And I, I, I um, just made an elf reference for no reason. Anyway, go, go. Uh, I also think Ian is wonderful in this role, and it's very weird. I say that considering some of the comments I'm gonna say about Lupin in a few minutes. Um. Uh oh. But, but. I think he works wonderfully as the, um, the, cause Helsing I picture as a gruff, like, cold and oddly charming character, and Ian, I think, at least in these first four episodes, has captured that rather well. Um, for the most part, anyway. Helsing's also not my best boy, honestly. Ooh. I don't even know if I have a best boy this time. <gasps> yeah, honestly, honest I you. don't. I honestly don't think I do. Maybe St. Germain? Maybe St. Germain, but I don't know. I have a best boy. We'll get to him. And there is there, I have a there best are reasons. Boy too, but he's also the devil. <laughs> Megan's best Megan's boy is best the devil. Is the have have you been accurate. dancing with those devils? Oh, oh, oh not this time. Snap. All right. Let's 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 I need to stop talking about puns and start talking about Ian Sinclair, the love of my life. Okay. Oh. So, he's not Van Helsing isn't what I thought he was going to sound like. Wasn't what I thought. But he was just what I wanted. Just what I wanted. Um, I really I really didn't think Ian even had to change his voice much. Except to be more stoic. And since Ian Sinclair, again, can read me the phone book. And I'll still need a poncho. Like, I was super, super very happy. So very happy and surprised by it. Um, I also think he has really great comedic timing and good one-liners in here. Like, Van, you wouldn't think would be funny. Like, I would never put the funny mark on Van. Like, I'd put it more on Impy. But for some of the things that he says in here, I think that they were really funny. I don't know. I thought Van was the funniest character in here. But I'm also very biased because he is my best boy. I love him a lot. Um... And honestly, just not what I thought it was going to be, but exactly what I wanted. It's like Jerry Jewell reached into my soul. And also, I should have known that it was going to be Ian Sinclair because Junichi Suave plays him in the Japanese. And almost what have we learned? everyone Junichi Suave plays, 95%, except for, except for Victor, goes to Ian Sinclair. So... And I was like looking, literally, I looked through his little chart thing and I was like, oh, that's an Ian roll. Oh, that's an Ian roll. Oh, that's an Ian roll. Oh, son of a bitch. So, <laughs> yeah, I was very happy. I was very happy. Um, you may all now remove your ponchos. 
you're safe now. There will be no more splashing around, at least for the moment. Let's talk about uh, someone who might be a little stitched together and is not going to do much splashing. It's Victor Frankenstein. Yay. We're we're in an anime and we have a character named Victor Frankenstein, and he wears headphones, and is a because fuck you that's why steampunk and he's a bishi. All right, because reasons. Uh, br- bring me back, Professor Stein. It, that was better because Otome. Because Otome, Otome needs to have a bishi. Oh my god, I, I, it's clicked in my brain that we're talking about Frankenstein. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait, my rage moment. Oh no! Oh, here it comes. <laughs> oh, well, no. before before Steph rages, um, uh. prediction wise, I thought Fran was kind of a whiner. So you know what I do when there's a whiner? I predict Justin Briner. That's funny, because I also have Justin Briner. <laughs> because we're the same person, apparently. Did you have anyone else? Apparently. I had two others. Okay. Um, I had Brendan McGinnis in here, too. Um, Fran kind of gave slight vibes of Corteo to me, so I was like, okay, Brandon could fit that. But I also had Micah Solis on, too. Oh, as really? As my third choice. Yeah, because I figured, like, a mix of, um, what is it? What am I thinking of? Like, um... Slight Royal Tudor vibes a little bit here. That's or what I kind of uh, have. A Prince of Heine. I almost want to call him Heine. Heine. <laughs> yeah, I had slight Royal Tudor vibes going into it. I'm like, you know what? Fran is the intellectual. Micah has played intellectual characters before. And again, going back to my my director picks, I was like, all, I was like, all hands on Tia. And I was like, okay, <laughs> Micah's Tia. done a sh- Mike has done a show with Tia before. Here we go. So, full circle. Zenith, who did you pick? I picked Chuck Huber. What? You know, no, I'm not even going to say anything because Sir Vamp is a thing. But, but there's a reason for this. Because he played Professor Stein in Soul Eater. She just wants to see Chuck Huber as another Victor Frankenstein again. That's all she wants. And it and, and worked then. Why can't it work? I just want Soul Eater to continue, damn it. My predictions are that uh, Victor Frankenstein, I had Aaron Dismuke. Because I thought okay. Aaron Dismuke was going to direct. And then my second prediction was uh, Steven Sanders. Ooh, okay. Those are both very because good choices. I didn't know that he was soft-spoken and Steven Sanders did a fantastic job as a really soft-spoken dude in Tsukigakure. Well, one of these things is like the other. Stephanie's pick is the one that belongs. Victor Frankenstein is played by Micah Salasad. Yay! If you don't know who he is, besides being Megan's best boy, um, he plays Soul and Soul Eater, Yukine in Noragami, and Subaki in Brothers Conflict. So, Subaki versus Frankenstein. The uh, the, <laughs> the gap so, is so large boy. here, kids. The gap is large. So so we had one character from Soul Eater uh, playing Professor Stein and one character who eventually goes to be Victor Frankenstein. Coincidence? I think not. You lost me on your logic, actually, and I think I was spacing out. But anyway. Uh, Zen, what do you think about Fran? Um, I think voice-wise, he's okay. 
Um, like he's definitely better than um than Saint Germain. I think the voice is very solid. I think it, it does a great job at getting my interest. I'm not too big a fan of the character though. It's it, the character is really not for me. Like just he's not my type. Uh, um, but. I, I do Again, welcome to Otome he- Otome Game Hell, where everybody has one type. Not <laughs> well, I have a couple types that I like, but um, yeah, I I I think um, Victor Frankenstein does a great job. He's not around enough, and that's that's one of my major complaints. I want to say because Cardia doesn't doesn't interact with him episode that much. Would, uh, we haven't gone to episode five, five would, unlike you. I know. Yeah. I'm saying episode five would really fix a lot of those. Okay, things. okay, but I, I think from what I've seen of his voice, I think Micah does a, a great job. I'm not gonna say it's super fantastic because uh, it's not one of my favorites, but I think it's it's a great job to the point where um, I think the character is solidly voiced. Uh, I I don't think anyone in this show does a bad job. Aside from one small problem that we'll get to coming up, but like, I think overall this dub is very, very good and, you know, is natural sounding. So anything I say, keep that in mind. Um, Victor Frankenstein, great job, just not something that appeals to my tastes. As somebody who has seen episode five, I think that Micah does a really good job as Fran, as they call him. Um,. Fran, he can get the sympathetic across. He can get the regret. Uh, Sometimes Fran is a bit of an exposition dialogue, little mouthpiece. But um, I overall enjoyed the performance. I would feel, honestly, sometimes that, uh, as much as I do like it, how Zen had issues with Brandon McGinnis falling into the background. Um, Sometimes so could Victor Frankenstein to me. Um... But I'm not going to knock it and say it's the worst fucking thing on earth because it's I, I can totally see that. That's kind of one of my main problems is that he kind of slips into the background. And they're, they're actually, as big as this cast is, it tends to be dominated by two main people. Three. Three. Main people. Well, two and a yeah. half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. On all gowns. You're not wrong. Yeah, and it's it's just like it, for for an anime that's supposed to be a trash harem, and I was ready for a trash harem. I had I had my Me porn too. and in 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 my uh in my naked apron ready, um. But <laughs> I, here's your first mistake. You thought of it as a harem. Uh, it's an otome game. But but where you go down specifically. But I should be able to choose all of them, so all of them should be yeah. equally the, viable. It's true. That's the flaw. With the Otome anime adaptation. That's the flaw with the anime. Not the game. Yeah. Like, the genre itself, you can only go down one specific path. But nine times out of ten, when you're taking on an anime adaptation, they only go one certain way. And even then in the game, you have to play it multiple times. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, well, that's, that's, mm. that's, the, that's the rub with, like, Otome game anime adaptations in general, honestly. Well, but, you know, you're right, because every character you should be able to have some kind of attraction between you, a.k.a. the main character, and whatever boy you want to bang. Um, you're right, yeah. As as for Fran, though, um, I'm not used to Micah Salasad playing these soft-spoken characters. I am so in the Yurio sh- little shitlord mindset that uh, 
I just, I never would have thought of him playing this character in a million years. Um, but it actually, I think it really fits him. Um, it was like surprisingly good to me. And Fran is not my type. I do not like Fran. I do not like the soft-spoken little meek guys. That is not for me. Um, but I thought he did a solid job. I think Fran as a character is kind of one note though. Um, so that's... Yeah, I can agree with you there too. That Fran is very, very like... Wonder. And yeah. I feel I feel that his performance reflected that, and I'm not saying that that is a bad thing, but I think that is what the character called for. Um, so Fran was fine. He is not the route I'd pay four ninety nine for, um, but I thought he did a really good job. Guess that leaves me, huh? You're the last woman out. Woohoo! Um, this is everything I exactly had pictured this character to sound like in English, and I'm very happy about that. Because Fran, he's, it's a mix of, like, the kind scholar, but there are moments where he give me a bit of, spa of a spaz. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's talk about that moment where, uh, out of nowhere, like, the end of one of the episodes, I think it was episode two, he, he goes over to Cardia, he just, like, lifts up the skirt just to check out the fabric, and the intention just gets really, really, like, the context and the intention just gets really, <laughs> yeah, really misconstrued. That was perfect reaction to it. Um, yeah, this is exactly what I had pictured Fran to sound like in English, and I love every second of it. But I also do agree that there's only so much of the character that Micah can pull off. Because, again, Otome anime adaptation syndrome, and Fran, at least for me up until now, because, again, I've only seen up to episode four, he's also been, kind of been in the background, similar to St. Germain. But... If episode 5 is going to be any indication according to what Megan has been saying, that it should fix that. But, yeah, I, I this is exactly what I pictured for this character when I think of Micah Solosad voicing Fran. And I enjoy every second of it. Yay! Alright, we only have a few more boys to go. So the next one on my boy laundry list, his name is Impy Barbicane. Who, fun fact, in Japanese, is voiced by the dude who plays Makashima from Yo Mushi Pedal, who's my Yo Mushi Pedal husbando. He's also in Udapri, so he's been around the Otome block a little while. Um, Impy Barbicane is based on a character in a book from Jules Verne called From the New World. He's a mechanic. He is over the top fucking ham. And because he's over the top fucking ham, I had, well, actually, this is what I'm going to say two predictions for. Number one was Alejandro Saab because he is my, one of my best boys and I had to put him somewhere and he can do over the top fucking ham because my first girlfriend is a gal is a thing. God bless that man. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And again, over the top ham. He reminds me of Lawless from Servamp. So my number one choice here was Ham Ian Sinclair. Okay. Okay. Megan. Uh, I had two predictions for Impy because uh, I also believed that Impy could go ham and he looked like he was going to be a fun time. Uh, so I had Rico Fajardo as my first choice. Um, and then my second choice was Joel McDonald. Ooh, oh, okay. that's an interesting one. Yeah, it really is. I never. I mean, he managed. He managed to go like maybe slight pervy ham. If you're talking Yon of the Dawn, which is awesome. But uh, do you not? Re I know Gigi hasn't finished it yet. But Lilac, mm -hmm. 
um, his character in Akita the Exiled. Oh shit, you're right. You're right. Damn, okay. Now I see your logic. Okay, yep. Yep. I forgot about- I forgot he did that show. <laughs> um, I had two predictions for Impy as well. However, my mind went the non-Baka route, and I kind of was like, out of the main four leads in that show, who would fit as, fit as Impy? So, one of my choices was also Alejandro Sub. Yeah! But my main choice, I actually was went with Jared Green for Impy. I because can see Rock it. Is a, yeah, Rock is a bit of a doof. A goofy little doof. And I was like, let's make Jared Green the goofy doof again. <laughs> and make him Impy. Let's go. Make him Impy. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Make it Impy. Zenith, who do you want to make Impy? Um, well, my prediction was Kyle Haber because MP reminds me so much of Kazuichi Soda from Danganronpa. And um, I actually kind of think that would have been a better casting choice. I have issues with MP. We'll get to it. So as our main flirty is Cardia is his angel MP. <sighs> we have a Chris Guerrero. Chris Guerrero. I know him as being the dog from Royal Tutor. <laughs> that's about best it best dog um best dog um he also played Ainz in overlord yes and gecko moria in one piece i know him from nothing except the dog i can't comment on any of chris guerrero's previous work because to me he is so soft the dog so soft he's the dog <laughs> he's the dog um so somebody who knows stephanie you've watched overlord um how does this compare? I have. How does this compare? How is he as MP compared to the dude with... He's the dude with the skeleton, right? Yeah. All right, go for it. He's the main character of Overlord. Where... Because Chris Guerrero has an interesting range, if you this is the first time you ever heard us talk about him. He's a very interesting range. Wait, Gigi, you've heard of this man. Why? You've seen Toriko, right? I've seen like seven episodes of it. He's the narrator. I don't remember the narrator. He's the Liam Neeson voice narrator. Oh. oh. Yeah. Now you've heard of Chris Guerrero. Okay. I'm about to say, wait, you've seen Toriko. Of course I have. Hardy, Hardy would make the joke about the Toriko like narration. But um, it's interesting because, one, I didn't think Chris Guerrero would ever be in a show like this. And two, they actually, instead of going with the normal Liam Neeson voice that they usually have him throwing in there, they had him go with his natural register. This is more of his natural tone of voice, and it's very interesting to me. Um, I actually think it has a good amount of youthful energy to it, and I really like as well that he's getting more large roles now, especially after Overlord, because Overlord, he plays both of those voices. He has his no more tone of voice, as the um as the in-game player, but as Ainz himself, he has the Liam Neeson uh, deep voice kind of thing going on, which is an interesting contrast, and it definitely plays with his range a lot. It's always refreshing to me when voice actors get the chance to play outside of their normal type, and in Chris Guerrero's case, I like that here as Impy, and I wish he could get more major characters that are not Liam Neeson voiced, but um, <laughs> it definitely is a 
nice youthful energy to the character. Um, but it's also not my first choice either. I'm like, huh, it's interesting. Because again, in my mind, Impy was more a little bit of the gruffer lower register kind of voices, not Chris Carrero's natural voice. It's a bit of a weird situation. However, like, after watching four episodes of it, I'm on board with him as Impy, honestly. I think he plays the flirtatious, slightly obnoxious little doof rather well. And I, I love his performance here as Impy so far. Megan, what you think? Uh, I'm actually with, I'm on Steph's side. Uh, and uh, I think it was adorable. Impy is probably, if I had to pick a best boy, my best boy, even though he makes me want to throw him into a river. Yes. Um, <laughs> Impy deserves to be thrown in a river sometimes, let's face it. Impy needs, Impy needs a cold shower. Let's all just say it right now. Yes. He needs to stop hitting on Cardia so much. Please. No. Impy. Impy is really great. There were times when Impy annoyed me, but I think that was the character itself, not Chris Guerrero. And I really, really am happy that, like, Steph said that Chris Guerrero is getting another chance, uh, this chance to do him now as, like, a Bishi and shit. Because Chris Guerrero deserves to get his range shown off more, yeah. not just being big gruff dudes or dogs. So I fucking enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I think I know what Zenith is going to say, so I'm going to go first. Um, so I think Chris Guerrero is doing well as MP in the direction that the show is going. Because ideally, MP is like the big slutty one, which normally I'd be all about if this were the game. And I don't think he's flirty enough or over the top enough if this were the game. I want to see more ham. I want to see more, hey, I'm coming to get in your pants. Like, that's what I want to see out of Impy because that's how he is in, in the Japanese. He is like, bam. Like, he's like, I know my way around. Like, you're my angel cardia. Fly into my heart forever. Um, however, in the way that this anime is being directed and the way that it's being written, both in the Japanese and but mostly the English, I think Chris Guerrero does a, a fine job at playing Impy. Um, in his own way, like really just my notes were, I wish it would be more flirty. Um, like if this, like, you know how we give like the, this is fine awards and the dubbies. If we had to give it to one person, I would give it to Chris Guerrero for this is fine. I mean, he's a fine MP. Um, I, I don't think that with the direction the show is going, that it would be prevalent for him to play it more over the top. But in my head, I want it over the top. So this is fine. I guess um, he's doing a good job. Like, you know what I'm saying? You guys get what I'm yeah. saying. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I hear you. I got, again, I got you fam. Again it's, the, again, it's the perspective of, Hey, I know a bit more about the game compared to the rest of you. So. And he's one of, and he's one of them too, that I don't feel like there's enough chemistry between him and Cardia. Again, I, that's the fault of the show. It is the fault <laughs> of the show. It I just, I the want there to the be show. some more chemistry. Like I found it with Fran. I found it with Fran, which was very odd. And I found, and it, I with found Van. it with Van. With Van, yeah. I found it with Van, but I'm not finding it as much here, and I feel that I should feel it second most here, and it's not. But that's mm -hmm. okay because this is the direction that the show has chosen to take. Zenith, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, first of all, I do want to say that Chris Guerrero is is a great actor. 
loved him as Moria. He does some fantastic stuff. I, you know, I, you know, as Shadow, he was best dog. So when <laughs> what I'm about to say is nothing against <laughs> is nothing against his acting capabilities, but I think this is 75% of a good performance. There were large portions of it I loved, especially when he's on the table, you know, going on there and declaring his, you know, his love. And he definitely had that youthful energy about him that the character needed, much like Kazuichi and his and his uh, Sonya um, appreciation. But the problem I have um, is that 25% of the time, a lot of his, uh, his lines feel forced. And I notice this most, like... Uh, maybe it was just in the earlier episodes, but there were episodes pe- peppered throughout, like when he's just talking to um, Arsene, and he's talking fine, he has nice natural register, and then his voice changes slightly, and there's this slight forced tint to it. And it's something that really... Um, it's not something that's major, but it did it did kind of take me out of it because the rest of the time he doesn't have that like air about him and he's really into that character but that that 25% of the time when he's answering questions or when he's it almost feels like he's slightly breaking character you want something interesting now that you say that what you know how i had slight minor gripes with the writing a lot of it came from Impy's dialogue. It is. It is. He does have some a of the weirder lines. A lot of it lines. came from Impy's dialogue, yes. So now that you're saying that, it might be a mix of the character and the writing. That's the problem here. It, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it could be a mix of that because he does get some of the weirder lines because yeah. he's, he's the only one that's actively pining towards Cardia for the most part. Like... Yes. Um, Arsene... Like, he doesn't... He's, he's not He's not subtle about it. Oh, he's not <laughs> no. very subtle, and... He's not subtle. It's great. But there, there are ways of, of going about it that I feel would have been better, and... Yeah. Um, I don't want to say this is a bad choice. I... It, this is the... This is fine award pick right now, because... It's like... It's the one that I have the most issues with, but it's not bad, and I can... I can't bring myself to say that I, I disliked it his performance but yeah I, I see what you're saying and, and now that you're like pointing all that out I'm, I'm remembering in my head i'm like some a lot of the minor writing gripes i had were with impy's dialogue so that might that i personally i think that might be part of it as well as the character himself and talk about one more boy and his name is lupin the third okay yes. there, there goes uh, go. guys we're get ready to get soaked because <gasps> this is mine this oh, is no. Oh, really? Mm. 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 Oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> All right. So, Arsene Lupin, Lupin III, the master thief, wears top hats, which makes me so happy, and bow ties sometimes. And fun fact, you can't play the Lupin route in the game until you beat everyone else. So you have to fuck all the boys before you can fuck Lupin. What the because fuck? Because popular you, route is popular. Wait, yes. you have to well, no, beat but amnesia, all the boys have... or beat what? off all the boys? Yes. Oh my god. You need, to wet, you need to jerk them you all. You need off. to get them all off before you can get off Lupin. Milk them so, like so beat amnesia, them. Amnesia, it's not oh. like that. Like, Amnesia, you get the secret character at the end, which we're not going to talk about Amnesia. Same with Dramatical Murder. Yeah, you get like the secret character. You don't get the main character at the end, which is very odd to me, but that's okay. So, 
Lupin. Oh, man. So, you know, I had, you know how I said I had two cast lists? I actually yeah. had a secret third cast list because uh -oh. I had my worst fear for this dub before anything <laughs> was announced. Before, I feel like I know where this is going to go. Before anything was announced, my worst fear about this dub was that everyone was going to have a British accent. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's not your worst fear. My okay, worst fear was that everyone was going to have a British accent. So I made a regular choice for Lupin, who's fucking hot as hell. So I picked sexy Josh Greeley. And then my... <gasps> I quit. <laughs> my my real choice, my no way in fuck is this going to happen. They really aren't going to do my worst nightmare and make everyone have a British accent, are they? My choice for Lupin was J. Michael Tatum. Okay. Stephanie, did you pick Sexy Josh? I wish I did. Oh. <laughs> that would have been funny. No, again, my brain went like... My brain and my predictions went based off of my director picks and what they've done in the past. Um, th no, the thing I thought was going to be funny that I was saying before would be, <laughs> would be if Sunny Straight was cast as Lupin. Because <laughs> he's the Lupin for the Funimation stuff. But anyway. No. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to go somewhere else even after you said Sunny Straight. So, no. No, no. That's why I was laughing my ass off. Um. But I had three predictions. I had going in reverse order. So my third choice was actually Chris Waycamp. Yes, hey. I can I, I can get I behind thought, it. I wanted to see him as a leading man, a major leading man, which mm. I mean, now we see him as a major leading man for something else, but we're not talking about it. Um, I also had my second choice was actually Kyle Phillips. Because my what brain, has he done? He's um. Is he who the fuck is Denki. Kyle? He's he's yes, he's who the fuck is Kyle? Did. Yes, he's Denki um, Kaminari from uh, My Hero, Electric Electric Buzzkill. Okay. He's he, and, um, he's the human stun gun. Okay. Yeah. But the 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 larger reason why I had him as my second choice is because I know nobody else has watched this, so maybe except for Hardy. Um is his leading first leading role for um, the Silver Guardian. And I thought he did really well, despite the show not being that phenomenal anyway. Um, and I was like, let him give him a shot here as a leading man in this Otome game. And then my first choice, because oh, oh, I feel like this would have been amazing. Let, let's get let's get the master wizard himself. Let's go Damon Mills. Wow. Damon Mills is my first choice as Lupin. So Steph's going to want to punch me in the face. Why? <laughs> so my second choice for Lupin was Derek Snow. Why would I want to punch why? you in the face? Um, that's not the reason why you're going to want to punch me in the face. Okay. So my first pick was my second pick was Derek Snow because Derek Snow I've learned can do like fucking crazy shit with his voice. Yeah, you're right. And I said fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna hit the deck now as I slowly back away from my headphones. What did you do? <laughs> I know what she did. <laughs> no, you didn't. What did you do? Yes, I did, bitch. <laughs> I picked Clippy. 
I can't hear you. You're freaking out. I put Clifford. <laughs> I put Cliff Chapin. <laughs> she you know mic what? dropped. She mic dropped. Steph is dead. One. You know what? <laughs> Here's the funny thing. When I was making predictions myself, I actually considered Cliff as Lupin. He was my first choice based off looks. I mean, you're not wrong, actually. Like, anyway, again, I, I consider I considered him. I considered him for Lupin and maybe like one or two other characters, but I'm like, no, nah, this doesn't fit. So I was like, no, nah, I don't think he's gonna be in this show. And he's well, as far as He was, by the way. He, he is, is in the, the show. Actually. I know he's in episode he's in episode six or something. I yeah. Think. He has one of the best lines in episode six too. Lovely. Anyway, Gigi. But also I fucking hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. We're not I talking about why I hate you right now. We're not talking about it. I knew I have it. Shit-eating grin on right now, by the way. Zenith. My prediction was J. Michael Tatum. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, because Kioya. Mm. Kioya. Kioya Otani from Oran. Oh, no, I forgot he like, was an Oran. Yeah. That, All right. That's how I learned who we fucking was. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, the winner of the Arsene Lupin race to become the best master thief in the world. Get in your Zeppelins. Drop your panties. It's J. Michael Tatum. Okay. Whoop. That's exciting for whoop, two of whoop. us. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and in the theater fills up with my uh with with water all right that's not water so j michael tatum <laughs> your tears are delicious your tears are delicious it's not tears and j michael tatum <laughs> along with being number two in my voice actor reverse harem is sukiyama from tokyo ghoul erwin from attack on titan oh yeah and the reason why i picked him british accent would be Sebastian from Black Butler. <sighs> and here's where that weird pickup line comes back full circle. Here it is. That's one hell of a pickup line. I didn't realize it until you mentioned it earlier. Here it is. Full friends. circle. Because I'm fucking trash. That's the shit I pick up on. <gasps> All right, Zenith. I've got my poncho on, so I'm ready for you. Please expound on what you thought of J. Michael Tatum as the master phantom thief. Well, I really loved him as Kiyoya, and he's pretty much using his full Kiyoya voice here, but he's actually going a little bit more with it. Um, a lot of Oran was him just, like, being businessman, business, 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 is this working? But um, here he's actually able to go full sexy, and he very subtly flirts, like, all the time, and I love it. I just love his character. Um, it helps that he's actually one of the better characters in the show, and he doesn't have that much campness about him. I just love, um, I, I just love that he's he's a thief, and uh, he's never uh, he, he's never gotten caught. Like he's he has like something like a, a hundred successful heists under his belt or something like that. And uh, I I you know I like him that much. I'm attracted to him. I think he hot. You know I, I think he got it going on. Um, you know. Maybe I'm attracted to uh, to to Kiyoya. I don't know. All I know is that I love him. I love his voice. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, Tatum. I uh, 
I have a very love-hate relationship with Tatum, but this is the love side right now. Just, Girl. Just... <laughs> Girl. Arson Lupin, he's so fine. I can't deal with it. Oh, my God. I love him so I much. I know, Erg. Ah, Tatum gosh. making the panties drop. Like, I... That, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You have your underwear on, not over on our side. <laughs> just of just the pool. stay away from the script, Tatum, and we're okay. That's all I ask. Like, oh, like, oh, let's not talk about that right stop, now. Stop. Stop. I love a low blow. Stop. I loved this so much, you guys. Like, but here's the thing. I had picked Tatum because if my worst fear came true, I knew he would do the best British accent out of anyone. And this is a role that I feel that he doesn't use the British tone of voice the british accent at all to his ability this is like the most americanized i've heard him sound in a long time which is very weird like when i first watched the first episode of this i was literally like two o'clock in the morning i was tired as fuck i was watching it on my phone and i heard lubin talk and i was like what the fuck i was like really like why is tatum not being full-on shakespearean brit right now um, but then I watched again, as all as all good dub talkers, you know, do, and I fucking fell in love on the ground. Him and Cardia, OTP for life. I can't. Um, I almost wish there were more British, but then I don't because I feel like he's playing this character so perfectly. Like I just, I love him. I love him, and he's almost my best boy. If Van didn't look the way he did, and if Ian Sinclair weren't be, weren't Van, Lupin would be my best boy because he looks like fucking tuxedo mask, and we all know how I feel about that. So, one thousand percent in love, totally in. Now I will take the con side of the argument. Please, please go ahead. Megan, you can I'll go. Start. I was about to say you can go first. I want to be last. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I didn't think it was awful. But I also didn't want to have Lupin fuck me, which, eh, I don't think Lupin's that interesting anyway, and I find him just to be, like, kind of an annoying lead main anime guy, so there's that. Um, uh, I think that he is alright. I think that Tatum does a good job given what he's given as the character. I like it when he's a little bit of a sassy asshole. That's about the best part of the show. Um, I do feel like Tatum was the safe choice in this show. And in this show where there are a couple of not-so-safe choices, and this being in a season of anime where there's not a lot of safe choices for leads, I'm a little bit let down. So, uh, but I feel like Steph's going to articulate better what I want to say, so I'll let Steph take over. Okay, so here's the thing. I think the performance is fine. Because going back to what I was commenting about with the types of roles that Tatum usually is cast as, one of them is the suave gentleman. Lupin is the suave gentleman with mm -hmm. good intentions. So I understand the reasoning for casting Tatum here as Lupin. And the performance is great. But I think my problem lies with the voice and the sound and the tone of voice with the character design. Because Megan thinks it's more safe. I actually possibly think it's too old. Ooh. Ouch. 
I, I hate I, saying that because I love I Tatum as an actor. I love him as I, an actor, but and he's he does really well as Lupin. It's just the voice is not matching the character design for if me. If the character design was a little older, yeah, looking, I think we'd be all be more okay with yeah, it. Yeah, like Lupin looks like he could be at the oldest, maybe mid twenties to me in this in this role, and it's not like. Tatum can't pull off that age range. I mean, if we want to talk about the ultimate suave gentleman character that he's done, let's fucking talk about Sebastian and Black Butler. But yes. see, and that's my that's my biggest fear whenever Tatum gets cast mm-hmm. as like really suave British ish yeah. characters is like, please God, stop doing it. We get it. He's fucking Sebastian. We fucking get it, guys. But I which, love which, it like, so G- much. Which like which like Gigi was saying, I'm glad they didn't have him. They didn't have the show go full English accent on us, because. We don't get to have that problem here with Tatum. But I don't like saying it either because I do enjoy Tatum as an actor and his performances are phenomenal. This one just... It's a fine performance. I get what they're going for. To me, it just doesn't work because I think it's kind of... Because the character design looks younger than it should. That's my problem. I don't see that at all. I, I really don't see it sounding too old. Um, as for fuckableness, that's relative. So, you know, that's, that's on. I mean, I mean, again, I don't really have a best boy because I'm not, I don't think I really am attracted to any of these boys, but, um. This is my top (laughs) and Van is, uh, my number two. My my number two. (laughs) They they switch, they rotate. But yeah, that's my main bit of contention here is I, I fully understand what they're going for here with, casting Tatum as the suave gentleman because this is his this is his bread and butter right here it's his wheelhouse like, yo his wheelhouse he plays the, the suave gentleman with like the sexy tones because he he pulls that off very very well and it's a good performance I'm not knocking him for the performance it's just the character design does not equate the voice that's being used I wonder how old he's actually supposed to be I don't really know I don't know either. I don't know. Cardi is supposed to be 16. Finnis is supposed to be like I would 14. hope at least I would hope at least the main crop of boys is in their 20s. Maybe maybe with Van Helsing being the oldest among the group. I don't know. Like cuz see Van Helsing looks much older. Yes. See and here's the here's the thing going back to my thoughts on Ian and it's a weird comparison. And I was saying this earlier and kind of shelving it for the time being. Because Ian looks like, because Van Helsing looks like an older, more mature character, having Ian play that works. But with Lupin looking more younger, and a bit Mm -hmm. more full of energy, again, the performance works. The voice is the issue here. Well, I don't want to say issue. That's a terrible way of putting it. It's, the voice is just not equating in my mind as working very well for this specific character design. That's, that's, again, that's my main issue. I understand you 3000 mm-hmm. percent. I understand you. And I was yeah. about to go to final thoughts and then I realized we had another fucking character because it's the we female Otome protagonist wet paper bag. Wait, wait a second. She's a character? I, I thought she was just yeah. a, just a MacGuffin, you know, the poison MacGuffin. You know, she actually has a name in this anime <laughs> um, and her name is Cardia and you you touch her and you die. Um and actually, you know what? Is <laughs> As much shut up. As much <laughs> as much shit as I as I give female Otome protagonists, 
this one is not shaping up to be as horrible as it could be. So that being said, um, who had a prediction for Cardia? I did. I did. I kind of. All right, Zenith, you go first. I did too. Um, I had a paper bag. God damn Okay. Sounds accurate. Uh, I mean, that's every every Otomo game. A wet paper bag. Yeah, basically. (laughs) A wet paper bag is... I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) Zenith is not wrong. She's not not wrong at all. Not wrong at all. Okay, you can have serious stuff now. (laughs) Megan, who is your prediction? Uh, My predictions were... Because I have two. But I need to pull up um, this other character. Uh, Again, did completely based off looks. Um... I figured, hey, if she was one Otome protagonist, Dawn Bennett can play another per- Otome protagonist. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair. And then my other prediction is a little bit out of left field, and it is Steph- Stephanie Garrett, who is um, Kyoko Naruko- Naruko in uh, A Centaur's Life. She's the satyr. She's the satyr girl that hangs out with the... Um, with uh, Himeno and Nozomi. I know nothing about a centaur's life, so I'm just going to believe you. Same. I will I will just take your word it. on it. <laughs> um, so I was going through Funimations and actually Sentai's too catalog of who would play Otome girls. Um, Sentai likes to make Maggie Flecno play all the Otome girls. But <laughs> Funimation seems to spread them out a little. So I went through a bunch of shit that I've watched and had to weed out people who've already played a cute girl in an otome or in a trash anime. And so I came down to a couple of choices, but the main one that I wanted was Jill Harris because of Naho and Orange. And I really liked how she played Naho and Orange. And I wanted to give her a chance to put some life into a wet paper bag. So I think Cardia was actually probably the toughest one to cast because unfortunately Otome game syndrome is a thing and the heroine usually nine times out of ten is a wet fucking paper bag. Um, (laughs) And then also going back to my, if this person was director, this person should be this character, I went kiss him not me on this and I pick Jeannie Tirado. That is a very solid choice. Yeah because Jeannie, Jeannie she brought a lot of personality and character to Sirenuma and she also has a lot of personality and a lot of fun with a lot of other roles she's done but I don't recall ever or often her playing the more quiet types. You know what I mean? And I, so, I, I skipped and I over believe- Jeannie Tirado because she was in Kiss Him, Not Me. Yeah. But also at the same time, I've also never heard or seen her yet anyway um, in an Otome anime adaptation. So I was like, this would be an interesting choice. Why don't we give this a shot? And Jeannie was the only person I could think of. I couldn't think of anyone else who could fit, honestly. <laughs> well, shot through the heart, guys. And I'm to blame. I apparently gave Jill Harris Cardia's name because that Yay. that's who it is. That's who it is. Uh, Jill Harris, along with being Naho in Orange, which is why I picked her, um, was also Fuka in Fuka, I guess. And uh, yes. Co- ah! yes. 
and Kobayashi. We're having and, Jamal flashbacks. And Rapokitan. Jamal, what up? Jill was what I wanted here. And Jill, I thought, was a cute paper bag. Cardi is a cute paper bag with the potential to do more. And as the anime progresses, you see Cardia in the beginning. She's sitting in a chair. She don't know her head from her ass or a hole in the ground. She is like <laughs> the, the victim here. She doesn't know what to do. And as she develops and as she grows friendships and possible relationships with all these boys who have Stockholm syndrome her, you can see that she's growing feelings. She's growing into a person episode eight episode eight episode eight and then like her character is growing and developing and I feel that's how Jill Harris plays her wet paper bag at the start because that is what she is she is a wet paper bag but as it goes on Cardia is getting more confidence she does a full body blow and like I feel (laughs) I feel that in her performance here like she's ready to take on the world and stand by her men and just get on it like there could be more to this character than just a wet paper bag and there is more to this performance than a wet paper bag which makes me so happy for an otome adaptation you have no idea uh i agree i think jill harris gives this character so much more life than that what she has like she makes cardia adorable she makes cardia like she makes Cardia who she is. She brings Cardia to life. She is the horologium that is making Cardia beat. And I love that Jill Harris is doing this softer spoken character again. Because I think Jill Harris is fantastic in almost everything she does that I've seen at this point. Um, so I... God, I really like Jill Harris in this. No, she's so cute. Yeah, because I think the fear always is with these kinds of adaptations of Otome games because you're basically supposed to self-insert yourself with the protagonist. Yes. And in an Otome game, it works. I can understand it. But in an anime adaptation, that's where things get a little bit tricky because you're not really playing a game. You're just watching along the story. So, personally, I think this is probably one of the best female... Otome gay protagonist in an anime adaptation I have ever seen. Hey. That's saying a lot, (laughs) all things considered. Because that fear of it just being a constant wet paper towel or paper bag or a piece of fucking driftwood or something, that's always a fear (laughs) when you go into these kinds of adaptations, unfortunately. (laughs) But. about the driftwood. (laughs) Yes. Wait, what? Driftwood. Oh, driftwood. But, um. You, you, I think you're perfect. You're, you're right. As she starts out as that, like, empty shell, and throughout the series, at least with these first four episodes, you're seeing her grow much more in emotion and personality, and that's what a, an Otome game is supposed to do. You grow you grow your character along this way. Um, similar thing can be said about Persona series. I know there was, in, with Persona 4's adaptation, there was a lot of flack about um, you not growing as a person in terms of personality. And it's just weird spurts here and there. But with Jill as Cardia, it's growing. Like, her personality, her confidence, her emotional level, it's growing as the character is growing. This... So yeah, this is probably one of the better written 
female lead Otome adaptation protagonist I have ever seen. And Jill Harris is phenomenal. She's just absolutely adorable with it. I loved it. I simply loved it. Um, you know, as as much of a blank slate as these games can be, and I've I've seen some of these where they they're pretty much nothing. They they they're an insert of you know you want to fuck the guy, so you put your mind in that character. Yeah. She actually is a full rounded character, and I think Jill Harris does a great job of rounding that out. Um, it, it's her emotion that she brings, and you really. You really do get the sense that um, she is this emotional human being, and you feel for her, especially when she gets the pillow and the new outfit. I really love yeah. that new outfit, by the way. That was that new outfit is cute. Oh, thank God! How the fuck did that bitch sleep in the first outfit? <laughs> it's the fabric. It's the fabric. She slept on her back, remember? Yeah, but that still, bustle, like, though. how does she run that in that? Bustle, how does how? I mean, they address that she, in the she show, tried. but she did try. <laughs> she did try. Cardia is cosplay goals for real. Uh, it was adorable. She lifts up the skirt. She's like, "I can run easier this like this." Does she ever like, wash sure that outfit? Is that the only thing she ever wears? I have no idea. Probably. But luckily, she has a different outfit now. Yeah, <laughs> she yes. has more clothes. Thank God, <laughs> she can actually wear different clothes now. Ladies, it is time for our final thoughts on Code Realize. I would like to go last because I have something very important to say. Um, so, who would like to begin? I'll 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 start us off since this is this is my first. Okay. First trash your, time. Your first rodeo in the realm of trash. We we have popped my cherry. And uh, Woo! Woo! did you now like it? Was it good you for you? You always remember your first, and I need to was watch more of this. And it was good for me. Um, yes, this show was different than I thought it would be, but it was everything I wanted it to be. It was something entertaining. I laughed the entire time watching it. It's something that you don't really care too too much for the plot. Overall, the plot doesn't really matter. But it's a show where Victor Frankenstein and Van Helsing fight vampire baby Dracula <laughs> and it, like you know Captain Hardpants <laughs> and Finnis and it, it just like it feels like a fanfic come to life but it's pl- really the best way to describe it. <laughs> it it's played so straight that it just it's so much fun it's never t- it never got to the point where I was bored and it never got to the point where I wanted to stop watching and that's the mark of a show that's so bad it's good and it's done in such a good way um, uh, in my other podcast, the Disney debate, I've seen some really, really bad movies. Um, and there's a fine line between something that's so bad, it's awful, something so bad, uh, it's boring and something so bad, it's fantastic. And this is just the right amount of, you know, trash, but polish and, and it does a lot of things right, um, especially with this voice cast, especially with the presentation, um, especially with the opening theme. I, I really enjoyed that opening theme. Oh, God, I actually hate the opening theme. The, the not, not, not the theme <laughs> itself, but the song. Like, I like the song. The song is pretty. The theme, like, the theme, presentation in it, general is like, eh. eh. It, takes, it takes kind of bits and pieces from the show itself it's one of those it's like uh. yeah there's actually a huge spoiler in the first opener uh i'll let you guys go back and find out what it is 
But, um, I, I mean, like, the song itself is great, and, like, I, I just, overall, I think what is presented here, I found myself laughing, I want to laugh some more, um, you know, I want, I, this show deserves the big Toblerone. <laughs> you bring this evil into my house. I like how you, you do said this. it was The day of my daughter's trash. wedding, I will kill you. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, don't kill Zenith. Instead, give your final thoughts on your show. Go, Three, account go, for Zenith dying. Go. Neo Yokio is not an anime, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stand by that argument. So, I knew it, obviously, I knew what I was getting into. I've seen similar shows of this nature compared to Zenith. I, I, I've seen Otome trash. This is oddly, at least, some of the characters. This is some of the better character writing which is weird to say but i mean if we're talking mostly about cardia hell yeah it's a better character writing right there but um the dub for the most part it's solid like you have some great performances from voice act a mix of voice actors that have either been around for a while who are still like going up in the world here and I think a good combination of what this dubcast contributes to is the pair, the director pairing here of Jerry, Jewel, and Afia. Because going back to what I said in the beginning, Jerry has done similar shows like this before. Afia has created light novel Otome games before. Having this combination works very well. My biggest gripes, minor bits on the writing, which did unfortunately affect Impy in my opinion, um, and then some of the casting choices to the point where either the voice didn't match the character to me or I fear for the voice actor's vocals where they, where they could damage them. So it's solid. It's a solid dub. The show itself is a weird thing, which by the way, I didn't get to rage about the whole Victor Frankenstein thing. How the fuck did he get off the train? When the, <laughs> when the, the fuck, fuck the did he get off the train? I'm gonna train. get the fuck on the train. Choo -choo. I'm gonna get the fuck on the train. No, the salt got, train is here. He got on the look, 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 look. Let me get on the train because it's almost been three hours. I'm just gonna throw it out there. When the fuck did he get off the train? But um, otherwise, I say it's a solid. I say it's a solid dub for actually probably possibly one of the better Otome anime adaptations I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot uh, in terms of the show itself. But yeah, I think it's pretty solid despite some of my minor gripes with it. But how the fuck did he get off the train? I'm sorry. Megan, get on the stop. train. Oh choo choo. Well, choo choo, Megan. You see, there were two of Victor Frankenstein. That's how it happened. Look, this is not fucking go sick. Megan, get on the train. <laughs> get, let Megan on the train. So, uh, like I said, Code Realize is the greatest unintentional comedy I've watched this year. I, I agree with Steph that this is probably one of my one of the Otome game adaptations I could actually show other people and not be that embarrassed by. <laughs> um, and it's not going to be considered a UN violation when I do it. <laughs> um, You're not but, wrong. I really like the dub. I really like the dub. Do I think it's one of the best dubs that's come out of the fall anime season? No. Uh, no. 
Because I think Blood Blood K Battlefront's better, but that's an established cast. I think Love Love Sunshine is fucking fantastic. Um, and then there are other shows I'm not talking about because I'm not either on that episode or it is an episode I'm on and I want to save my thoughts for that particular show. Um, I think that there's a lot of really interesting casting like Justin Briner as Finnis, Chris Guerrero as MB. Um, there are some that kind of make us scratch our head like Tatum as Lupin, but hey, for some people it... Uh, turns the auditorium into Shamu's tank, <laughs> and for some people it turns it into the fucking Sahara. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, we are. Um, we're being honest. This is a show. This is a dub that I can easily recommend people watching if um, if they want to. It is very, very key that this show has a really good writing. It comes off as endearing. It comes off as a little strange sometimes, and there are a few stupid in-jokes, but I think it's a solid dub effort all around. Okay, and now it's time for me. Me who... Oh my god. Alright. So, when the show got announced, I prayed and prayed and prayed. I went on my social media crusade to get Funimation to not only... I mean, well, since they're team with Crunchyroll now, for Crunchyroll to get it, for Funimation to dub it... I wanted this to be a dub so badly because we all know Funimation's track record with the Bishi shows. We've talked about this in gross detail on the Royal Tudor episode, so I won't go back and rehash what we've already said. But the main point is that lots of anime that are aimed towards females do not get the treatment that other anime that are shonen say that are the dragon balls of the world get that it's kind of attention so not only did code realize get a dub it got a fucking top tier dub in my opinion like i don't have a lot of bad things to say about it but at the same time I think one of the main reasons why it got the dub that it did is because it doesn't play itself like Otome trash. And for that, I'm sad because I don't I have no idea if they would have known this going in. And I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have. But if they would have if the Japanese version had been more campy. Or had been the shoujo trash that Diabolic Lovers was. But in steampunk England, would they have given it the same treatment that it's getting now when they can pass it off to a different demographic as an adventure show? That I don't know. But you know what? I'm not fucking burning my bridges or counting my fucking chickens. I am very, very happy and grateful Funimation that this is getting the dub that it did and it's getting the treatment that it's getting. And I can only hope in the future that you recognize that girls buy your shit, that girls buy your shit and that this is what we want to see. Some of us, not all of us, but my people, the shoujo trash people, this is what we want to see. And I'm very grateful for this dub. And for the top tieredness that it has gotten. I'm happy that it is the way it is for the show going in the direction that it's going. So thank you very much. I am I am fucking satisfied. And not a lot of boys that I fuck with can make that claim. So all right, Code Realize boys. Good job. If, if, that if being for nothing said. else, if for nothing else, I'm really glad that we're finally getting something this mainstream um, with this level of polish, because 
I it's something I can you know if this gets a physical release and I hope it does. Uh, uh, oh, it will. We know everything. It will. Everything Funimation Simul Dubs they put out on. Home well, Day then Day. I will personally say right now in this cast, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy whatever deluxe edition or whatever edition I can, and I will review that shit. I'm glad that this is the first. <laughs> this this show in particular is Zenith's introduction to Otome Trash. Honestly. I'm glad yeah. it's this, I don't know how she would feel if she went straight to, like, Diabok Lover's Amnesia Territory when it's, like, No, I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> even though this is by the same... Like, we can't do that to yeah. It's by the same people who did Amnesia. I cannot willingly put you into Amnesia because Amnesia no. versus Code Realize, the character designs are very, very similar, but yes. oh my god is Amnesia, like, on the top tier level of hot garbage trash. As opposed yes. to Code Realize, like it which seriously ha- is, it's bad. It's so it, bad. It has Code Realize has redeeming qualities. So, yes. if you like our redeeming qualities and you like to listen to the Dub Talk podcast and you like to watch anime on Funimation that is English dubbed, let me tell you how to do some of that. If you want to watch Code Realize, the subbed version is on Crunchyroll, and the dubbed version is up on Funimation now. You can get a Funimation subscription for like five to six dollars a month and uh it comes out you can get a free trial there's a million ways to do it go on josh Greeley's twitter he's always giving away free trials of funimation now with like a dollar <laughs> or something like that josh likes to whore out yeah. funimation so good on you sexy josh um so you can do that um fair warning if you get enough of all the wonderful dubs that you can watch and you don't want to watch them anymore and you want to cancel your subscription make sure you do that because if you don't they're going to charge your card they're going to take your money nobody likes it when they take your money now if you want to hang out with the dub talk crew some more you're doing it on our youtube page which is right here right now where you're listening to this we also have a twitter at dub talk podcast where we shit tweet a lot and tweet out surveys so you guys get to decide what shows we cover just like this one you can check us out on twitter on instagram on tumblr on whatever social medias you'd like to check us out on if you'd like to hang out with us personally um my twitter and youtube is anime palooza where i talk about boys just like now and you know the real ones won't date me so i make my life up with fake ones don't fucking judge me judge the system (laughs) um you can remember gg only jesus only jesus can kink shame me (laughs) (laughs) four you can find stuff at lilac anime review review spelled r-e-v-u-e megan at queenira 2 q-u-e-e-n-i-r-a number two and zenith at zenith will rule is your twitter right yes that is correct I was right. Go me. And Zenith also has a YouTube channel where she does Let's Plays and reviews of anime and a bunch of other awesome things. And she also does another podcast called The Disney Debate. We're very busy people over here at Dub Talk Podcast. We're always fucking multitasking. Next up on the docket are the rest of the Fall Election Arc shows. So I hope you'll stay tuned to listen to us talk about those. Let let us say goodbye, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. I think I got everything in order. May yes. all your trash be shoujo. And I love your faces. Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye guys. And just remember, guys. Just remember, if it's trash, 
dig in there because sometimes it can be fun. So much glorious trash. And only Jesus can king shame you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>